that are filming a, uh, from what I understand, it is a movie-making production company that focuses on Christian-based faith movies that is skimping on production and hiring scabs and non-union workers and ignoring the union workers outside. Colin had an unfortunate uh, brush with them and threats with their lawyers Actually, you know what? Let's not talk about that because I don't know if we're, we're okay to talk about that. <laughs> but he, he yeah, let's skip that out. <laughs> yeah, he, he he did the right thing, and from what I understand, everything went really well. And uh, you know, God bless everyone. <laughs> do you do you actually the season? Do you actually enjoy the holidays? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Freaking, my wife's real big into them, and my son likes them, and. I, you know, I've definitely gotten more into him as he's gotten older, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I was about to ask. I, I think I think it's one of those things where like the, you get any. It's one of those things I feel like you get what you put into it. Mm-hmm. So like you sometimes you just gotta, you know, lay back and enjoy the ride a little bit. I'm I'm certainly I can't wait to I have my own uh, junior or. Junior misses, we're gonna call it, and uh, Junior, Juniet, Juniet, and uh, spoil the dog shit out of them, you know, be Santa. Uh, my sister found out that Santa didn't exist because dad forgot to eat the cookies and drink the actual milk and had a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, I found out about Santa not being real because uh. I had a shithead friend uh, back in, like, first grade that said, and I, I got real upset, and they tried to really hammer it home. Like, no, he's definitely real. But, like, a year or two later, uh, I'm trying to get to bed as early as possible to wake up as early as possible, and I hear a bing! And I'm like, that's a Game Boy. <laughs> that's a Game Boy. You remember that, the, the coin drop? Yeah. When you turn a Game Boy on, and I was like, that's a Game Boy. And it was it was still like, you know, 8.30 or 9, and my parents are still downstairs. We just finished dinner. I'm like, that's a Game Boy here downstairs. And that's when I knew that Santa wasn't real, but that was okay. We we, we still give each other all the... Do you guys still do Santa presents? Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, the big present's always a Santa present, right? Oh, no, no, no. I'm taking credit for that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's, uh, Mr. Uh, Morales Jr. asking for this year? Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Very big into, very big into trains right now. <coughs> Likes his, uh, micro machines. Freaking. So he's doing, he's doing all right. Yeah, it sounds like it. He's got more EW figures than I fucking got. That's fucking sure. 
Yeah, yeah, no, he's not, yeah, he's doing good. Freaking, uh, it's really funny. I've always kind of, I go off on this every time another set of figures comes out, actually from WWE. Like I, I make it a point, freaking to check, check the list of the new newest figures and see who isn't who isn't released. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I went to Walmart today to do some holiday shopping after work. And, of course, I went straight to the wrestling figures, um, obviously. Mm-hmm. but Because yeah, your sister's into them, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I saw an amazing uh, elite uh, Alexa Bliss. This was a gorgeous sculpt. It's one, it's the newest one. Um, oh, Alexa needs to shut the fuck up. Um but it was it really bummed me out to see that like half the WWE like roster that was like on the shelf were all fired. Oh yeah. They're all fired, man. Yeah. Like I said, dude, every time like, I got I went uh, the one of the newest sets I saw has uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Ember Moon, The Rock and Elias. Oh Jesus. And you know Two of them are fired. One of them's probably out of their price range right now. And then there's poor Elias who hasn't been seen in six months. And like I don't even I haven't watched Raw in years and I still know that. I, I would I would pay money. And I was like, dude. It's sad. <laughs> and it is. It really like my uh, my wife's actually got a uh a thought process with it. Let's hear it. Because she's just she's basically like, you know, if they're if they're not here, if they're not working for the company anymore. They don't gotta pay him royalties. No. Because they own their they own their characters. Independent contractors, you fucks. Independent contractors. So don't know if it's true or not, but I'm like you know, in a sick sad way it does kind of make sense. Well the uh morale set is usually always right when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Pretty often. More often than not, that's for sure. But uh yeah, freaking kinda I was like that's an interesting like I never really think that they do it intentionally, but it's funny how, like I said, every every single set they've put out in probably the last two years minimal, there's been at least one person released, sometimes as many as like half the set. Yeah, there was a uh, Braun Strowman that immediately, my eyes immediately fell on, and then there was uh, there was three Andrades. There was a couple of old-ass Rollins back when he was happy. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know the Alexa Bliss one's great, but uh, it it really cracked me up that they had a shit ton of elite action figures, and the bottom of the barrel AEW elite figures there. Like everyone else got, like they had they had a shitload of Scorpio Sky, Scorpio Sky, and Frankie Kazarian, and um, and like one MJF. Yeah, and not that they suck. I love those guys. But they've been around for long enough, uh, the toys-wise, that, you know, I didn't need to call you and be like, yo, you got a Frankie's here? I know you got one. <laughs> I know you got one. But, like, I love the fact that those were separate, and um, they, they were not selling any Ghostbusters ectoplasm, which I was really hoping for, to uh, mm-hmm. buy a bunch to... Did you ever have the firehouse? I still... It's, it's still at my parents' house. Remember the... There's the grate at the top? To mm-hmm. to dump you the, put the or you put the ooze in yeah to put the to the ectoplasm in they didn't have ectoplasm but they had uh, marshmallow man oh stay puff yeah stay puff stuff and uh, 
Stay puff fluff. Stay puff fluff. Yeah. In uh, three times fast. <laughs> they have, dude. I'm really kind of mad at myself. The Age of Apocalypse Marvel Legends figures are fucking incredible. Oh yeah, no, they're gorgeous. They're Freaking, gorgeous. I've got, I've got the entire original run of age all the age of apocalypse comics me too and, and freaking like in the back of my mind i'm like ah oh, i'd like to cause i just you know like i said i get i get most of my figures for my kid yeah but freaking but i was like ones. oh some of those are th- th- those are gorgeous and i think i think that set this set, first set you can make sugar man with them you can make sugar man with them and uh oh. It, there's, uh, I remember some of the original, like, Legends, uh, like, you can get an old Blink, um, you can get a, uh, uh, Weapon X Wolverine missing the hand, and with the, mm-hmm. with the extra set of claws to screw into it, um, but this one's got Jean Grey, this one's got, uh, Magneto, this one has, uh... I think they got a Rogue, a Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops, uh, which... If they if they have Cyclops, there better be a fucking Sinister because like that I I loved the relationship between Sinister or Nathaniel. Like if, if I'm not mistaken, they referred to him as Nathaniel Essex during Age of Apocalypse, right? Like I believe so. Like, like they actually used his first name um, and how he had raised. Yeah, because that, that was the thing in the, in the in Age of Apocalypse, he'd actually basically adopted both Summers brothers. Correct. Correct, and uh, the the Magneto is gorgeous, man. You get the, the head with the helmet off, one on, uh, and then I, I remember we were Animation at Apocalypse. Yes, when we were at Escape Velocity, and I saw this, and I was like, "If I buy this, I'm fucked." <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually kind of glad I put it down because I'd rather have uh, some more McFarlane um, multiverse figures. Uh, by the way, I have not gotten any updates, and your Suicide Squad box set is still listed as buy it now, and they have not gotten anything back to me when it's when it's going to come to me. But it'll 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 be in your late stocking, I guess. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna need a bigger stocking. That's a big, it's a big <laughs> ass box. I was actually thinking, man, because I wanted to buy you some action figures for Christmas, and I was like, well, I want to get some action figures and. I was actually talking about it with my mom because I love my mom. She's my best friend. Sweet. Um, she's like, well, get him something the whole family can 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 enjoy. I'm like, no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck that. I want to give him something he can enjoy. And she's like, well, if you get him action figures, the boy's going to open them. And I'm like, fuck, you're right. <laughs> if I get him. Yeah, I think, I think the, only, the only one I've been able to keep away from him that I do have is uh, my Rick Rude. And my Mr. Miracle, he hasn't found yet. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that I don't want your family to enjoy Christmas from a present I give them. But if I give you an action figure and I find out that Amaryllis Jr. opened it up and tore it up after a bad fucking, you know, uh, bet we had after an AWP review, I'm going to be pissed. I still remember that. that was it came down to the last match, oh, and you're dude. just like, oh, I, I don't want to open my Orange Cassidy. I not don't want to open my Orange Cassidy. Not my Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I'm gonna lose. Came all down his... to the last match, and the power went out. I'm gonna lose all his hands. I like that was that was the one thing that was in the back of my head. I know I'm gonna lose all his fucking hands <laughs> if I open that fucking box. And I mean, he's cool and all, but. I like the the completeness. I love walking in. Like I still got everything on the wall at work. Like every time we're going to work, this is an elite ass office. 
This is an elite nice. ass office. Like, you know, I'm going to sit down and get my bacon and eggs and. Huh, I'm loving it. We, we've got some good comics to talk about, man. Um, before we get into comics, scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you about No Way Home? Uh, 22. Yeah, I'm with a solid. I've been, I've been, I've been avoiding. I've been avoiding spoilers. Um, I did. I did watch one review from a a guy up in Fort Collins named Rob who works for uh, maybe a Geek Geek Explained, I believe. And freaking, he was just like, man, oh man, I just want to spoil it. I'm not gonna, but yeah, because what what he was saying, the one thing I will say is apparently. With the exception of the big Spider-Man versus everybody fight scene in the in the commercials, everything else you've seen in the commercials is apparently only in the first thirty minutes of the movie. Oh my god! <sighs> and how awesome is just that little bit we've seen? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'd say I'm like Spidey's my favorite. Spidey is hands down my favorite comic book character. I haven't missed an issue of Spidey since 2007. And, nice. And um, same with Constantine, but uh, not like I love Spidey. Um, yeah, that, that, that's going to happen. I, 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 But at the same time, though, the and people always look at me weird when I tell them that I like The Matrix more than I like Star Wars or Star Trek combined. Um, I can't wait for The Matrix, man. I can't fucking wait for it. Like, it's, nice. Uh my sister and I have seen all of them together. She'll be here for Christmas, so she said, we can watch HBO Max. I'm like, no, nah, we're getting loaded, and we're going to fucking the three fucking shit, getting a getting an Uber. And last time, last time uh, she was here for Christmas, we went and saw a movie that we got so drunk I can't remember the name of. But then we went to a. Um, but it was an amazing movie. Yeah, it was. It, it, I remember us having a lot of fun. We went to a. Uh, uh, an arcade bar uh, that's not the cool one downtown. Um, it's the it's 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 off of Barnes here, and um, we I think her and I spent fifty dollars to finally beat. Like like her and I were like like it was like one of those reload things like uh, fucking in Resurrections and and, and reloaded no uh, Revolutions where like reload you know like you know like real quick like someone switches shit out. Uh, yep. we, we were putting quarters into all four slots the entire time, playing two-handed, uh, as like the whole family. And uh, yeah, fifty bucks later, we beat that game, and then we got kicked out for smoking inside. <laughs> uh, what what game was it? It was the Simpsons video game, man. It like the, oh the, nice the, the old school arcade one, the one that precedes like mm-hmm. Bart versus the Space Mutants and uh, oh, I remember I've uh, I I beat me Jason Knoll and Damian Payne beat that at a uh, one up at my uh, bachelor party, dude. We beat that one and we beat the old school six person X Men game. Oh, the, uh, so you were at the one in the basement, not the one that has all the pinball machines. I think so, yeah. Yeah, the, there's one off. Yeah, of, it was one up. It was one up off of Colfax. I yeah, can tell the, you that for a fact. The one off of Colfax is the one you go down in the basement, and mm-hmm. and the the first uh, con, the, the first uh, system to your uh, left is Paperboy with the fucking bicycle handles, and like, oh, dude, 
Paperboy. Nice. <laughs> Paperboy was the shit. Did you ever play that? Oh, uh, I played it on the on the NES. Yeah, way back in the day. Paperboy ruled. You deliver all your papers, then you go through a gauntlet, <laughs> collect your fucking money. <laughs> like it, it, it was just so such a ridiculous concept, man. Like, but it worked. It, like the, the, were, it was all about trying to get that accuracy. Trying to get the accuracy. Trying to make sure you're getting your fucking. Uh, make sure your boss. At the Tribune was happy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, was, the, whole, the whole time you're going to find out you're really working for J. Jonah Jameson at the Bugle. I would love that, man. I, I, like, uh, I really hope that uh, bald J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson runs into fully-haired, cigar-smoking one uh, from the uh, <laughs> the Raimi films. From the originals? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. I love J.K. Simmons, man. I, like, I, I, he's always been such a good character actor, and I love the fact mm-hmm. that he is making. Uh, is, like, Colin, I've talked about this before. Uh, before we, I even met you, was that there's the idea of characters, character actors, um, mm-hmm. and then there's like main stars. But sometimes there's character actors that are just they show up and fuck you. <laughs> he might be the star, but I, I care about. Uh, J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. I care about uh, Danny Trejo. Oh, dude, man! Like, did, how, how many times has he actually freaking been the star of a movie? Twice. But you remember each and every movie he's in. Oh, every one, twice. Uh, he was he he did Badass one and two. That counts as one, and then a Machete. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with how Machete came to be? Uh no. And and enlighten me. All right, so Machete. Was a uh, in, in when Tarantino and uh, Robert Rodriguez did Grindhouse. Grindhouse was originally released as two films that you had to be there for almost five hours for. Uh, mm-hmm. There's Death Proof and Planet Death. Um, Planet Terror, I thought. Or, yeah, Planet Terror. Yeah, you're right, right. Um, in between those movies, because they were so long, they did an intermission. But if you were stupid enough to go take a piss or get some more popcorn, you missed out on all the fake trailers that they made. Uh, Rob Zombie did one uh, in the interview when Zombie's talking about it. Like, I talked to Rob Rodriguez. I'm like, uh, so we want you to do a fake trailer. He's like, okay, I got my idea is werewolf women of the SS. Say no more. He might as well have just passed a brief case, brief case of money to him. Um, like, it, it was full-on Nazi werewolf women, like Goebbels and <laughs> and, and uh, uh, Udo, uh, what's his name from the Indiana Jones movie? Like, 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 but the Nazi SS chicks turn into werewolves, but guess what? Who's really controlling the show is Fu Manchu, played by Nicolas Cage, with, like, literal Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Like it was, it was the most outlandish, crazy shit ever. And then we get to the Machete uh, trailer. You know, you you fucked with the wrong Mexican, and he's like boning the the like, like everybody and killing everyone, and he's just being Danny Trejo. <laughs> nice. He's just being Danny Trejo, and it's one of those instances uh, before you know someone did something right, did something wrong on the internet when people like banded together and did a petition like this movie needs to happen. And Rodriguez like, fine, we'll make it happen. And that's, that's how we have machete. Like, they use all the original footage from the trait, the original trailer integrated into the movie, even though like the actresses, 
that he was making out with in the pool were not the same ones in the movie. They didn't give a shit. <laughs> they didn't give a shit. Like, uh, it, 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 uh, when it, when it comes down to it, it kind of reminds me of how we do New Era. <laughs> like, if it works, it works. <laughs> and, like, uh, like when we were talking... We're just going to replace Logan with another, with another young guy. Yeah, this guy's... He's going to have brown hair. We're just not going to, we're just going to play it off. Yeah, well, he's a 9.9999, which is... Basically, the limit is, yeah, he's a 9.9999. He's a 10, right? Let me round up. 10, 10-ish. God, if give we, it to him. God, if we can find a Logan Austin-looking doppelganger that just, like, has, like... Oh, no, it doesn't have to look like him. He's got to be young and in decent shape. But we got to put a fake pimple on him, like 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 it's the day before prom. Like there's some big thing tomorrow. He's got to get a photo of, and he's got like some unsightly like pimple, a blemish, <laughs> a blemish <laughs> that that doesn't make him as good as Logan Austin. Like something really little, like uh, Logan Austin's. He's got his Levi, you know, torn uh, sleeves off uh, vest on, and fake Logan Austin has a you know. Uh, Arizona jeans, <laughs> like, black furry coat. Wearing some BK Knights, some Reebok. Oh god! Yeah, I know, right? Like, I'm kind of like my head is swimming. Like, well, we got Maddie, so like, what if we found a fake Maddie? Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. We find a fake Maddie. <laughs> Like, 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 Maddie's still starting. What, what is it? Would he just be? Would he just be Johnny Scrumptious then? Johnny Scrumptious. Johnny Scrumptious. Jimmy Scrumptious. Johnny Scrumptious. Ah, ah, horrible. It, it's terrible, but you know what? Horrible. It, it happens, you know. And but at least we got shows to do. We got a lot. We. God, I, I, got a lot I, going on. That's I'm, for sure. I'm still tired, man. I, like I called you on, you called me, and then you woke me up, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I kind of overserved myself this weekend, <laughs> like, like, uh, and uh, yeah, I I just slept. I was just sleeping constantly. Nice. My, my yeah, I've been working. <laughs> yeah, my batteries, my batteries, uh. uh on Monday morning, we're maybe at like thirty percent, as opposed to like we're like a couple of days beforehand. And like you know, like we're already in power saver mode, and you got like five minutes to find a cord. Yeah, hmm. no, you're not you're not wrong on that. That's for sure. Shoot, the new era shit was uh, January eighth. Yep, January eighth. Freaking Mile High Comics on Jason Street. It's a good ass place. A lot of good stuff happens there. Ah, world's largest comic shop, man. Freaking little bit of little bit of magic, a little bit of kismet. It all seems to work out. I'm pretty thankful about that spawn box, and we talked about it last week. But um, now I know if there's a fire in my house, that's what I'm grabbing. <laughs> like I, I literally moved my preciouses into that box. So if anything's going wrong, your press eye, my press eye, yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll grab my backpack, throw my laptop, my plate PS4, and grab that. Uh, grab that box and leap out the window and fall on my back to make sure they don't get hurt. Because I will heal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 
Hopefully Bridget will break your fall. Yes, of course. Oh, poor Bridget. She's... We got a lot of good traction, man. I got a, um, all the photos from the um, Lubbock show. Pieces for quitters. Like Those are getting shared left and right. Everyone's using them as profile photos. I'm pretty proud of them, man. We did a really good job. Yeah, good show, good show. Freaking got the next one. I think it's January. I want to say January 22nd, I think. Yeah, it's like the last Saturday. Last Saturday. Age wants to ride with us. Sweet. Mm. No, it, it, it just... To get to the holiday theme, because I'm not feeling too holiday, but the fact that like you're out there wrestling, I'm out there popping off photos, getting interviews... Um, I don't know if that's ever happened before. Oh, I'm, I might have think it has probably, but maybe we are. Maybe we're just trailblazers, trendsetters. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure we're tracing. Like we're we're doing pretty good, man. If it's happened before, yeah. I guarantee you it was like not as organic and protected. Um, I was in a coaching session the other day with my boss from my shoot job. You're like, you're, you're, okay. really, you've been real happy lately. Like, yeah, I've got job security in there. You're not going to fire me. Um, I work for Newer. I bust my ass. Uh, my buddies there um, take care of business, and they make sure, as long as I make good on my promises, it's just like just one one on top of the other. Everything just happen, happening organically. It's just uh, kind of scares me, to tell the truth. It's a, It's pretty cool. Awesome. It's pretty cool, man. And uh, we got a big show coming up. Every We really found our rhythm at the last show. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last time, but we really found our rhythm. A lot, yeah. A lot of weird shit happened, and we, still shit went off of that hitch. Yeah. Such but, is life. Shoot. Huh? Such is life. Uh, any gems you found out of Mr. Ed's? Uh, no, nah, I just kind of haven't had time to really look the way I like to, but freaking... Uh, just kind of went in and got my weeklies last week. Didn't really have too much time to to go. I, I actually grabbed them on the uh, – I went in there Friday maybe. But yeah, I just didn't have the time to really look, unfortunately. Ended up getting, getting, most of my, getting all my DCs from Ed's and then uh, getting my Marvels from Muse because they didn't uh, – Ed didn't have them at the time, I don't think. You know, it's it's just uh, that's how it rolls, man. I always feel guilty if I don't have at least an hour to spend in it, <coughs> spend in Ed's, which is, is yeah. The, I just feel like you feel like you're probably missing something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, 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 you were missing something, and I didn't get to talk with Ed for forty five minutes. And uh, have you gotten to? Um, I, I know a lot more outgoing than you because I'll approach strangers. But um, have you gotten to talk to anyone in the store when you see them wandering around and they they say something out loud and you give them a recommendation? Oh no, not really. I know. I don't know if you were with me when the the dude when we were talking. Yeah, I think we. Uh, I was talking about doing the show. I think it was when I was going uh, hitting Ed's before he went and picked you up, mm-hmm. and I ended up meeting a guy that actually used to work at uh work at Mile High. Oh yeah, we told yeah we we talked about that, but yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Like I read, I talked with Ed. I talked with Tom when he's there. Other than that, just kind of, kind of don't really talk to too many people. Just kind of grab my comics and 
you know, either continue the hunt or move on. Well, if you're at Ed's and you happen to strike up a conversation with a stranger and get them to buy a new comic book they haven't tr- uh, tried before, like mm-hmm. I got this uh, black dude one time. He was just looking around, and I was like, "Have you tried? Have you tried Mr. Miracle yet?" And he's like, "No, uh, I heard it was good." And I'm like, "Listen, I know this is really outlandish, but you're black and you need to read this comic book." <laughs> and he's like. All right, <laughs> and uh, he bought it. Yeah, he bought the first, it, like he bought the first three. And I was like, "Listen, there's a lot of history involved." And I told him the show, uh, the story of Shiloh. But the point mm-hmm. being is, if there's someone in the store that listens to you and buys a comic book that they had never thought of buying, Ed loves that shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ed loves that shit. Like, uh, it, it's, uh, we say it every time, we shouldn't tell anyone about Ed's, but, you know, what do we know? We only find... Yeah, that's true. Uh, you, you find, you find, uh, you find some gems, man, freaking, I've definitely found some, I've found, got the entire run of Maximum Carnage from Ed, I got, uh... Oh, I remember that. X, Uncanny X-Men 200... Yeah, and that was just—he was just randomly like, "Hey, I just got this in." I was like, "Well, hell, how much you want for it?" And he told me, "I was like, well, I will take that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another?" Yes, sir. And that was while I was buying freaking all four issues of Batman Year Two. We should get him something for Christmas, like a like a pie. <laughs> we should just randomly walk in there with a pie. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Let's totally just bring him a pie. <laughs> Maybe we will. That'd be hilarious. Get the fuck out of here with this open food, you shitheads. I have pie in the freezer. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do it Friday. Just get one. What kind of pie I would like? Actually, uh, I'm going to go have, with cherry. Do you have Friday off? I'm not sure yet. It's kind of a, a weird situation. <laughs> well, uh, I will let you know. If you do, I have some uh, bonus money burning a hole in my pocket. And, uh, let me take it to you. Let me th- so, that's some money I would like to give to Ed. Yeah, there's definitely some money I'd like to give to Ed, but I'd like to take you to a gourmet dinner. It was a, or lunch. Lunch ski. Right, right there right there in front of that that car. Oh, just dude. randomly sitting out there. Oh dude, I swear to God, and, and I'm not making fun of it. Like I, I want that person to not have to live in his car or her live in her car anymore. We don't even, have, you, have you ever actually seen anybody come in or out of that car, though? No, but we... It's just always there. They were definitely staring at us when we were eating the, our, our brats that one time, and I swear it's like, a, like is it like a weird RV park where they found, like, a hookup where <laughs> there's, like, they got gas, water, and fucking electrical hooked up there 24-7, which is... Maybe. 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 Let's get well, down to the comments. Are they waiting to murder us in our sleep? Uh, you know, I don't know why we'd be asleep in the car, but whatever. That bratwurst and that sweet ass tea were delicious. I told you that sweet tea was great. And it was pretty. Young. Yeah, you're not wrong. No, 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 no. Ah, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. Let's get into some comic books. Uh, we held off last week because obviously you had minefielders. When you work in minefields, you respect your brothers, your brethren, uh, whatever pronouns you want to use. I'm not being a shithead. I'm just saying, like, whatever you want to use. But uh, Mr. Morales had not read Inferno yet. 
And this particular book only exasperated a, a newfound hatred of Magnus and old Chucky. Like it, it El Chiquito, El as it Ch- were. Yeah, El, El Chiquito. Like, like he's he's not even like the 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 Chiquito you get from the the food truck uh, outside your construction worker site, which is great. No, this is like El Chucky Chiquito. He's like that. He's like that month old one that you just kind of leave in the freezer and kind of covered in the in in the in, in the, the icicles. freezer crust in the freezer yeah. crust. And, and I'm just it, like I can't believe that. This is happening, um, especially like I've got this like really like the the taste in my mouth hasn't gone bad yet, but I'm like Hickman's gone now. Like these are these are the vestiges of what he was writing before other shit happens. And as this is happening, like it, it's just it's horrific. Like like uh, uh, set the set the setting for me, man, because I, I'm I'm still through. Let's, let's have let's have you really go into it. I think you're kind of you're more in vet. Like you got some interesting thoughts on like what's really going on behind the scenes more so than I do. Well, so I, if you want to hit, hit them a little bit of back backstory real quick, I think you're more the uh, ex aficionado as opposed to myself. Well, I, I appreciate that, brother. And uh, well, you know, softly, uh, you know, we got to be careful how we use that because. You know, um, we, we, we start out with, uh, old Chucky, old Chuck X flying into the newly established Krakoa, which is one of the things that really perplexes me because like the way they developed it when House of X and Powers of Ten first started, it, it like, it happened so fast. And now they're rewinding and slowing down and doing unsolved mystery style, like dramatic reinterpretations of what happened. But we're getting actual what happened. He, he drops Doug Ramsey off in Krakoa. Like, and, and, and for those that are not educated in what's going on here, Krakoa was a living mutant like island. Like, like he was barely bigger than like a, a block of the street, and now he's a, 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 a ever growing continent in uh, the South Pacific. And Doug gets dropped off. Chuck says, "Yo, figure this shit out." I mean, like, like, like he, he says it much more eloquently, but that's what he tells Doug: like, figure this shit out. And immediately Doug touches Krakoa, like, you know, figure it out, touch, you know, communicate. And we start seeing flashes of the inevitable future and how quickly it develops. We see uh, Charles in front of the U.N., you know, wearing Cerebro. Uh, he's, and, well, it's ambitious. Uh, what, what, worth it, what worth doing isn't? How long will it take? Cypher says, uh, phonology syntax will have to build an interface. You got to realize that his power is language. And this is something that's really important to me in Colin, like, was, is the weird powers. When, like, yeah, you can summon storms, lightning, that, that's, that's different. But when it comes to, to Doug Ramsey, Cypher, or even to a, uh, maybe equilateral extent, uh, Doctor Who's sonic screwdriver. The sonic screwdriver is a it, it has no mystical powers like he can't zap you with it. But 
Like, there's no button to, like, taser you or anything like that. But if you can imagine that the sonic screwdriver is a a, a lock-picking device, that's basically what it is. But if you can imagine what the problem is and associate it with picking a lock, the sonic screwdriver will work. And when it comes to uh, Cypher here, he's... Yeah, his mutant ability is to decipher language. Um, it's limitless. Like he he has to develop extra sensual things here, and of course we get to Warlock coming off his arm, you know, because that he, that's who he picked as a sword, and we flash forward and uh, we see some truly monumental moments in the history of mutantdom here, where where uh, they bring back the the two missing cuckoos that were murdered and, and dead after uh, a few battles in the past, like, ten years. And the five are now complete. And Doug is communicating with, 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 the, with the island. We've got Beast doing what he does best. And we've got, I still think it's Dark Beast, and developing the idea of the nothingness inside Krakoa as if it was own like 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 there's a black hole within the planet but like the planet only has like a little bit of surface where they've banished Sabretooth. And we've got the problem here that Moira said never bring back destiny and we get the tete a tete with uh, white white queen, all five of the cuckoos, destiny destroying them. In terms of like how they're talking, like, like we we experience everything together. She 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 mocks them openly without being rude, which is like nearly impossible, especially with the parallel of how rude Emma is with everyone. Because you know you can't hurt her because you're not Scott. The way they build this up, and it's, it still doesn't make sense to me, is how Moira has been resurrected ten times. And they give us the timeline here. Like, this is one of the most difficult things I've ever had to read before in my life, especially having read... Like, this wasn't one of those instances where, like, you, you, you joined a, a 4,000-level English class, and you have a solid, a solid idea of what Pablo Nerito's um, poetry is or uh, what happened in To Kill a Mockingbird. They're giving us a map that makes no sense, completely time-disjointed, Especially with the fact that we're accompanied by the Orchid, Orcus Forge with the Nimrod they're so scared of. And while this conversation's happened on the Orcus, in the Orcus they're saying, well, the mutants always win. Down in Krakoa, Orcus always wins. Um, I think this woman we're staring at is another Moira. Really? I think that what's going on here is that because what Hickman has always done is balance the playing field, whether or not we saw it at first or not. You see her, the bald woman that like tried to save her husband, that they put the consciousness into Nimrod, and now that's not working. She's revealing that she's from the future as opposed to Moira saying she's from the past. Saying that like mm-hmm. everything that they always win, and we've got this other this other woman we know very little about. Like like th- this is a wonderful swerve here. There, yeah, there's got to be two of them. 
Like I think this is she, her like the the one of the biggest surprises here was that Moira is is a mutant and can be resurrected. The question we don't have any sort of semblance of answering to is like what like she dies and then the whole universe resets and then they try it again and if she dies before she gets her her memories back before the last time she died that age um this is getting weird but now we have there, there's yeah it's definitely weird i mean i kind of it kind of feels like that's what happens is that they keep because like they made it a point you know hey in one verse she lived her life and she was all with xavier and then that didn't work out so she redid it but this time she was with magneto Right. And then one time she was like, screw it, I'm going to be with Apocalypse. But it, it seems to be resetting every time. Correct. So, like, it, it kind of, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's a time travel story, basically. Yeah. And it's almost, or, but it's more akin to like Groundhog's Day almost, where you just keep reliving the same day over and over. But you're trying to, you're trying to change whatever you can to affect the outcome. I like that metaphor. And the, what I'm trying to say is, is yeah, maybe it is just like grand Day, but well, Bill Murray is experiencing the constant misery of how much he hates himself, how much it's never going to work. There's gotta be a balance. There's gotta yeah. be, there's gotta be a, a, a better Bill Murray. Like, uh, let's do it again. Yeah. And I mean, it could be something, they could be something where like, maybe they killed her and, but like they are able to down. I mean, they've got all this um, on Krakoa. They've got, every time you die, they they download your consciousness every day into Cerebro. Why? What if they did that? What if somebody at some point did that with Moira, and they had a secret file, and that's the file. And you know, when they came to Krakoa and stole stuff, somebody stole that file and then right. downloaded it into the Omega Sentinel. Yeah, cause so she's not she's not Moira herself, but she's completely and utterly like a a sent basically the Omega Sentinel with Moira's brain basically all that all that information for ten lifetimes is all downloaded into this killing machine's brain. You know, and that's interesting, especially because of what happened before Inferno when. Mystique went and did her final last coup to uh, destroy Nimrod and destroy the the entire orbiting satellite around the the sun. She was immediately mm-hmm. she was immediately detected, which was, in hindsight, curious to me that they would keep sending people back when their success rate of sending people anywhere to Orgus is a hundred percent failure, and they've got. Yeah. Like we got all those Wolverine skeletons all right now. All those Wolverine skeletons, and maybe this is the the final plot where Moira went, stayed alive long enough to befriend, gain the loyalty of, fall in love with the scientist that it's head of Orcus that they were trying to put in the Nimrod that unfortunately died when Nimrod had reset himself to save everyone and his wife. Uh, in uh, maybe like four months ago, maybe this is all a coup, and we're just not seeing it. And yeah. and if that was what is happening, it would absolutely justify how much pieces of shit 
Eric and Charles are right now. They know something everyone doesn't, and they're waiting for it to happen. Like, like this is a whole different yeah. time traveling coup. And combined with what you're saying, I think we're both right. It could be interesting. I mean, you know, looking at the uh, you know we're looking at the covers here or the first couple of pages when uh, Professor X is introducing Doug Luck to or Doug to Krakoa, and freaking. You know, he, he's not wearing Cerebro. He's not walking around. Yeah. And then we turn around and, you know, the Professor X that brought everybody to Krakoa, you know, is walking around, is wearing Cerebro. It's almost like it's a completely different person. Almost like it's a completely different thought process now that, hey, this is real. You know, like you said, you've definitely, you've definitely, like, these aren't, these aren't the same characters we grew up with. This is a challenging story. This is not boy meets girl, guy fucks up, best friend betrays best friend. Um, no, this is a integral loop of technology and... Um, politics. Politics. Um, what's the word? Um, when it comes to... Gene. It's a multi. It's a multi-layered story. What I'm trying to get at is the fact that like mutants are better than humans. They've established it. The humans are blips in the radar here. And this four-page diagram that we get, which reminds me of Doc Brown's, you know, somewhere along the line here, Biff Senior took the DeLorean. And went here. And this is where the timeline skewed. And now we're here. We need to go get back from here to here and stop that from happening. I didn't, yeah. understand, I didn't understand a goddamn thing in this thing. But it was art to me. I, lo- I love the fact that I didn't understand it. Um, they go to rescue Mora, who's been kidnapped by Orcus. She's in here. Mm-hmm. Magneto... Curiously takes his helmet off before they he opens the the big old gate where they find uh, the big reveal. Moira, she's not dead, but Destiny and Mystique have really done everything they could, and they did everything to open the gates to signal to Orcus for the living Nimrod to show up with what I believe is a different version of Moira. I think this is a whole coup. I think what they figured out was how to James Bond this shit rather than hit it straight on and try to invade Russia and you can't avoid Russia because you're not going to get anywhere close to Moscow before you guys even freeze to death. I think this is their Hail Mary. Yeah. Scale 1 and 10. What do you think? I'm going to give it a solid 8. 8, 7. 8.7. How did you feel about it's, the confusion factor? Uh, it's it's definitely confusing. Like, I definitely feel like it's one of those things, like, once they kind of, you know, if they give this, like, a six-issue arc, like, by the end of that sixth issue, everything's going to make, everything's going to come together beautifully. You know, because, like I said, you know, we see, you think they, you think they find Mora, we find her, her severed arm. Right. You know, freaking... Like somebody, like everybody knows who and what. Like all the important players know who and what Moira is. 
and they know what they can and can't get away with, which is super interesting. I think that's part of the reason destiny is so important because destiny can remember and destiny knows what happens. So she knows how to, the perfect way to screw with her. So I definitely think like Moira is going to go through some torture and some torment before it's all said and done. But like, I hadn't thought about the Omega Sentinel any more than just, Oh, Hey, it's the Omega Sentinel. Mm -hmm. But I think the thought process of her possibly be having at least Moira's brainwaves going through her is a super interesting concept. Cause it really gives you something, like I said, it gives you something to play up, something to bounce off of and freaking, you know, you know, she seems real okay with the situation the way it is. Almost like this is all part of the plan. I agree. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to really flesh out what I was talking about. The only thing I can think of to negate my thought process, because I've been, for the past two years, we've been we've been consistently surprised by what Hickman has made with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. How long does Krakoa have? Oh, that's that's a good question. I mean, because like where they're at now, you can't you can't go back to that early '90s Jim Lee that that run. I remember being like the last run of Uncanny X Men. They did like 21 issues, 22 issues, and I remember at the end of it, I was just thoroughly disappointed because all they did was just you you could tell they were getting ready for a relaunch because they just spent so long just like every issue they were killing off somebody right it was all about who died and like that many that many deaths in a row i mean freaking you see that many dead bodies freaking you know it just kind of loses the effect it's like oh they just killed off another one big deal yeah and it's kind of you know it's kind of one of the things they've been really focusing on in the x-books right now is the fact that you know, mutants to basically beat death, at least for right now. Because you kill one of the five, it's over. You know, it's it's yeah. They can't freaking. They can't have the eggs that make that make the the mutants. They've infiltrated on so many different levels with those uh, that weird tribe from uh, South America that can shrink themselves, mm-hmm. um, that replicate. There's. Uh, uh, the Russian nesting dolls. The Rus- yes, exactly. There's also the fact the that... The surfers. Yep. Countless people that work out of Madripoor trying to steal everything on, aboard the uh, um, the Marauder ship. Mm-hmm. There's... They're, this, despite the fact that they're making cure-alls for everything, they're, they're getting invaded uh, on a genetic and blood level. <sighs> And from the future in the past way, like there's, it, it's set up for donation. The only, I think the only trump card they got is the fact that they just, and also one of the worst things they did, even though it was really cool when it happened, was, you know, terraforming Mars. Storms in charge. Yeah. Fig, finding a new metal that you give someone a coin size of that will last them for you know millennia that is lighter than anything and more destructible than adamantium. I mean, like it, it's, it's, it, there's so many promises here. And the one thing about promises when it comes to X-Men is they always get broken. Yeah. And that's the thing, man. Freaking, it's going to be, 
things are going to get a whole lot worse, and it's going to be interesting to see what they can and can't do with it. If, you know, if they destroy Mars or they destroy Krakoa, where do they go? I hope I don't know, man. And I like after all the excitement they put us through, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to Westminster, man. I don't. I don't want to be another fucking school in in northern New York. Like, yeah. like keep going. Like, um, we don't know, but we got to flesh it out, man. Like, it's worth that much discussion, and the dialogue was juicy. Um, I, I'm just thinking about Destiny and Mystique. The fact that these two women have everyone absolutely by the fucking balls. Oh, yeah. Absolutely by the balls. Well, I mean, you, you knew what you... They knew it. That's why they tried to take Destiny off the uh, off the playing field. And freaking, you know, they were able to make it work, and they brought her back. And it's definitely... It's going to be interesting. Like I said, there's no... I mean, there you can't put the genie back in the bottle. No. Like, you have to freaking... You got to follow this through, and you got to see what happens. Not to mention the fact that you can't just restore things to, you know, normal where they're back in Westminster after we've been all over the galaxy and every mutant matters. Like I that's one of the best things about everything that's going on since Hickman took over is every mutant mm-hmm. absolutely matters. There's no such thing as a uh unworthy or unnoteworthy mutant. They all have their, their bits and pieces. Even Blob is the fucking bartender. Yeah. Bob, Dr. Dr. Nemesis is all of a sudden back. Freaking Dazzler's back. Oh, I can't remember last time. You know, we saw Dazzler repeatedly. Since since Dazzler. Yeah, then you know what? I keep track of my Dazzler. Legion. Ooh. That. The the whole whole little arc they did in Way of X with Fabian Cortez. That on its own. You let Legion off his leash. (laughs) Like. There's a whole lot of irresponsibility here going on. Yeah, we like they they just set up their own little oasis and they're doing whatever they want without consequence. Yeah. Until you know, yeah. heck, the the entirety of uh of the Hellions. I mean, look at you know this whole team. Freaking majority of that team is a bunch of nobodies. You know, you got Havoc and you've got you know, freaking Psylocke, Quanon. You know, but freaking. You know, the rest of the team, you got Empath, you got Grey Crow, Nanny, Orphan Maker, Wild Child. Like, those are a bunch of straight up D list or F listers. Oh, 100%, man. And like, they, made them, they made them important. You know, you added in the right people, the right big names, you added in the right stories. You made Sinister probably the campiest guy on the planet. Dude, he's full on John Waters campy, man. Like, yeah. 100%. And freaking, you get all these guys in here, and all of a sudden, you know, all these guys you don't care about, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, they're awesome. And like me personally, I freaking went out and got the majority of their first appearances. You know, I already had a couple of them. Not, unknowingly, I'd had uh, Orphan Makers and Nannies. But like, I got, you know, Grey Crow and picked up Empath on accident and Wild Child and. You know, got everybody with the um, even got you know, Psylocks and Sinisters. And Only one I'm missing now is high as Havoc. And you have the first Jim Lee Psylocke drawn cover. It's true. It's a gorgeous ass cover. It is. It really is awesome. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, they took a bunch of, like I said, DF list characters and 
you know, made you care. Freaking interpersonal relationships, good solid storytelling, you know, humor. Freaking, it's been a, it's been an awesome, you know, awesome run for these uh, the majority of these X titles over the last you know year and a half, two years. And freaking, you know, I'm interested to see where it's going to go now that Hickman's leaving. Freaking, hopefully they got uh, the right people in the right places to keep this uh, going strong. Keep the momentum going. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. We talked about it in text message. Uh, was it yesterday or today when I was said, like, the, the one thing I'm mourning the most is what we're losing out on what Hickman's had planned before he decided to leave. Oh. All right, we're back just from a quick little break ski here. But uh, Hellions, um, th- this was... This issue made me sad because I feel like they're... I haven't read anything that they're ending it, but I feel like they were tying everything into a knot. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I definitely got that they're ending it vibe off of this. But at the same time... Like, they left a lot of loose ends. You know, um, you know, recapping real quick, freaking uh, a few ep- issues ago, Nanny had taken this uh, robot baby. Mutant genetic clone. In, yeah, into her, uh, had kidnapped it and brought it to Krakoa. And turns out that it is um, basically made to destroy mutants and ended up destroying nanny destroy all mutants <laughs> yeah and freaking um you know but beforehand but you know the the people who had you know created it stole it back and orphan maker you know because he's got the the mind of a child went out of his way to uh basically on a one-man rescue mission to get get what he per, uh, perceived as his little brother back and uh, to get Nanny's approval because Nanny was favoring the baby over him. And not only did he, uh, you know, brutally murder everybody in this mutant-hating um, spot in Arizona, he ended up killing two innocent... Um, state troopers. Yeah, state troopers who had nothing to do with it at all. And, you know, he and the Hellions are now back on Krakoa and he's awaiting trial from the quiet council. You know, and they're not, and they're kind of, you know, they're debating what to do with them. They're basically debating what to do with all of them because as they were getting back to Krakoa, you know, the X-Men wanted to take um, Orphan Maker, you know, take Orphan Maker and, uh, and, and they're going to arrest him. And, and they weren't going to let it happen. Imprisonment in the infinite darkness that only one other mutant has been subject to. Uh, Saber-tooth. Yeah. And we have, yeah, we have no idea about that, you know, what, what that, you know, entails. They're about to put a child in solitary confinement for the rest of eternity. Yeah. You know, and... You know, this is, if nothing else, the, uh, you know, the Hellions have basically, with the exception of Empath, have become basically this dysfunctional family 
you know, and they're, they're willing to, they're willing to fight the X-Men for one of their own and freaking, you know, they end up going to blows with the X-Men and, you know, they're, you know, everybody's squalling until, um, Polaris calls for plan B. Well, make, make, make the distinction uh, apparent here. When it comes to the actual X-Men, we're talking about the ones that were voted to be the actual uh, blue team, gold team, all one type thing uh, during the uh, Hellfire Gala, uh, mm-hmm. who the lead X-Men are, and they show up to stop their... I'm, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't want to say petulant children or little brother. I, I want to say, like, it's like a like they're... Imagine your big brother comes back from college and he's 25 years old and you're 8 years old and you're playing with matches and listening to fucking Daft Punk and the Ramones. Um, You want nothing to do with his institution. And you see the hypocrisy of everything that's going on and they're trying to uh, wrangle you in and you're just not fucking having it. And and you don't care the the repercussions. Like, Like, all of them stood up for Orphan Maker. Every single one of them. Yeah. Even empath in his own way. Yeah. Well, it, it happens later. You know, obviously he wanted the uh, ends justify the, the the means as him being the ends and the means. But the, the, this grant, this band of misfits that was making beautiful punk rock music, just accidentally succeeded. And yeah, a couple of humans died. Who gives a shit? They wouldn't have cared five years ago. They don't give a shit. <laughs> Well, you gotta remember too, like the you know the majority of the Hellions are basically reformed villains, you know. But uh, with the exception of Havoc, who's had his his good days and his bad, and Psylocke, who's been you know long term X Men. Every everybody else here is freaking you know losing their you know has been a villain and heavily been a villain. Oh, one hundred percent. You know so. They're used to that thought process of all we have is each other. You know, that's, there's a reason why, you know, Grey Crow is a member of the Marauders and, you know, Orphan Maker and Nanny have always just had each other. You know, freaking, right. they, you know, there's, you know, they, they need that team, team mentality to survive. And they're still, they're utilizing that now. And, you know, they're willing to fight this, they're willing to fight the X Men who are basically, you know, the be all end all as far as these mutant, you know, the people at Krakoa go. And then Grey Crow just drops all his freaking, his weaponry and everybody surrenders because Empath basically turns in his entire team. Miss me? <laughs> I'm looking at that page right now and it's, it's disgusting. Like, like it's exactly why they didn't let him go on the, on, on the trip with them. Like, even if they'd brought him uh, to South America uh, I think things would have gotten way worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> way well, worse. That, that's the thing, though, too. That's for you. On the other hand, you know, maybe if he'd have been there, maybe he could have stopped Orphan Maker from freaking killing those last two, those two state troopers. It, it's kind of it's an interesting thought process to see, you know, like what his actual intentions are. He's- you know, and freaking, we end up we going right to the entirety of the Hellions being, you know, held captive in front of the quiet council awaiting trial for it. And they're trying to decide if they're going to, you know, first 
you know, blame the entirety of the Hellions or just blame Orphan Maker for this. While Sinister is part of the Quiet team. <laughs> yeah, Quiet Council just Council. throwing his entire group under the bus. Like, screw him. Who cares? It's obviously not him. <laughs> Even though he's wearing the cape. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 scene and, and uh, I I don't like quirky or uh, sarcastic humor. When she knocks his ass out, and Chucky is like, "Hey, calm your tits," and Storm's like, "Give her one more," and Exes is like, "Yeah, I agree." <laughs> Just boom. Well, I, think the, I think the whole thing is that nobody at the end of the day, Sinister's kind of a prick. Nobody really likes him. No, I agreed, but I just love the fact that like the the, the way it was it would have been like E two Psylocke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we fucking hate you, dude. We fucking hate you and you're you're here for a reason, but we're gonna punish you. Like, yeah, I think that's a lot of it is freaking like all everybody on the council in theory is there for a reason, but that does not mean they get along with each other, like each other, or even agree on how to run this country, which is, you know, super interesting to think about that, you know, this whole time we've got, you know, these 12 mutants that are basically making the rules for hundreds of thousands of mutants, possibly. Agreed. I, I can't believe Exodus is on the Quiet Council. Like he's a fanatic. The, 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 like they, they basically put David Koresh, uh, that loves Magneto, on the Quiet Council. <laughs> like, yeah, but they, then again, you put Sinister on there. You know that's that's the thing. Like reading House of X and Powers of Ten, you know you got that there were a lot of moves made politically. You know, you needed this person to for this reason. You know, you needed, you know, Nightcrawlers on here to balance other players on the court, you know, on the council. You know, he'll agree with Mystique because that's his mother. You know, so like there's there's a lot of interesting reasoning behind, you know, if like you were going to pick the top 12 mutants to uh, to run a nation. You know, why would you pick this guy or pick that guy? So really, it's an interesting thought process. You know, I was, you know, we had a, we had White Queen on here, but we also have Black Tom Cassidy. You know. And, and they don't get along, but they're, Black Tom's needed for the, uh, to help run the business end of Krakoa. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because I never thought about it that way. We're, we're a fledgling continent that can take over everything. Our, our money's worth more than anyone else's. We, we have more to offer. But if it, like, post-World War II, despite murders or, or executions, this is like having Stalin, uh, Mussolini, um, Roosevelt, uh, Goebbels, um, all of them on some sort of, like, council deciding what's going to happen with the actual earth because they could yeah. have because they could have and and roosevelt could have said like yeah your your fucking scientist defected your, your black tom cassidy that was able to control every, all everything in nature just taught us how to split the atom because you pissed him off and also goebbels here needs to go you're mr sinister that's experimenting on everybody 
he needs to go too, but we got to keep him because uh, obviously this, and this is not my actual thought mentality when it comes to Nazi research. They don't want to let it go. Like he's already yeah. gone, he's already gone too far, and now we're gonna have Nuremberg trials and decide who is unworthy and going to be hanged or uh, firing squad. And the the people that are put on this firing squad is Orphan Maker and Nanny. And I, I gotta tell you, man, I was so confused because the how quickly Nanny betrayed Orphan Maker for a new baby like 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 that was really weird to me like like she's been raising him for so long yeah he's got the uh genetics of a of an actual like adult past 18 but his mind mm-hmm. is not there and she immediately disregards him for a like, for a new toy for a new toy yeah, exactly remember, remember he said no new mutants and then just boom blows himself up the fucking baby blew himself up and we're, we're getting him dragged into the depths of nothingness that the only per- person we've seen that's happening to is Sabretooth and we, we've, we've got a Sabretooth line coming up in, in January yeah so we'll find out exactly where they goes, I guess. Well, it just confuses me, man. Like it, like this is the most hypocritical fucking like order of anyone I've ever seen in my life. Like, like, like you flash back to orders of, of the Phoenix, you know, where we got Christmas coming out. Let's talk about Harry Potter. The order of the Phoenix, they didn't all get along, but they had a a, a one specific goal. Um, you, you've got the mutants here fighting amongst each other like petulant children mm-hmm. it, 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 it's no system for a basis of government there's no centralized leadership um, you can beat up and, and stab whoever you want and, and then they just come back there's no there's no there's no penalties but that's the that's the interesting thing you gotta remember too though nobody here has any knowledge of how to run a government. No, not at all. It's, it's, it's like being put in, you know, it's like, you know, you get a job and a year later you're the manager of the store you work at. Doesn't, you know, you're the manager and possibly entitled only. That doesn't mean you have any idea how to actually run a business, that, but Hey, you're the manager. So you get to make the rules. Great point. Great point. And you know, how like freaking Black Tom Cassidy's probably got experience. You know, Magneto's been a leader. Professor X has been a leader. You know, Storm's been like a field leader. But like, she doesn't you know. None of these people have any idea how to run a government. Like, they, you can tell, like, when they were coming up with ideas to like set this thing up, they had, you know, the best of intentions and they had, you know, all this, you know, all this stuff planned out. Like, how are we going to make money? You know who's gonna how we how are we gonna you know put a government together? Right. You know I can't do it myself. I need other people to help. You know how are we gonna set up um, getting our product? What, what's our product gonna be? Where is it? How are we gonna ship it out? You know all these stuff. This is all stuff they thought about. How are we gonna protect our? But we, you know uh, one of the biggest one of the one of the interesting one of the most interesting sayings I've ever heard, and also one of the truest is the uh, the road to hell is paved in good intentions. Ooh, 
Man, that, that, that phrase haunts me every day. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can have the best you, you can, I mean, heck, we, we just, you know, for six months we had a uh, nightcrawler and Legion basically trying to create a mutant religion because there, you know, nobody thought about whether the ability to die and come back for everybody had consequences. Right. Like, I mean, like, that's the thing, dude, if you, if you could just if you could just die tomorrow and be brought back tomorrow night or the next day, you know, if the, if there's no risk of death, you know, what, how much further would you be willing to go in doing stupid stuff? Oh, and, and they refer to it as losing your death cherry. Yeah. You know, like, 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 like it's a rite of passage now. Like go ahead and die. It doesn't matter. But like there's, we, we talked about it last issue and beforehand about the the consequences of separating yourself um mm-hmm. it, like there's there's consequences of this that they have not experienced yet yeah yeah everyone's acting like a bunch of petulant children fucking wild children here and um and and what really bums me out is i loved all the action i, I was sad that they Sent over from Maker and Nanny to the okay. mutant hell. But then we've got Empath here getting screamed at and he controls everyone. The look of sadness on his face that he has to convince people mentally to like him. Like, like that was yeah. that was such a sad face. We had Greyco, Greycrow uh, about to assassinate and Quanin's like, No. Of all the people that tells him no, fucking Quanin, <laughs> she would have pulled the trigger for him. Like, what'd you wait for? And then we got Wild Child, you know, taking the uh, mental stability drugs, and and it's hurting him. And, and the the tete a tete between uh, Scott and uh, Havoc. Yeah. And and it, it just it just confuses me because they refuse to resurrect Destiny. They've got protocols, mm-hmm. who they, but like you know, we're not resurrecting Madeline Pryor. That's all Havoc wanted, because he wanted yeah. Madeline Pryor back, and he gets his fake gene back. And she's like, "Go, you know, go, go get dinner, honey. I'll catch up with you." And we see the the Black Queen in the mirror, which the Goblin Queen, yeah, also confuses me because um, the entire story of uh, uh, what was it called, and like. Inferno. Inferno, we were just talking about. And then uh, Necrotia, mm-hmm. uh, where she comes back and resurrects everyone that died on, on Genosha. And it didn't really bum me out when I saw this because I think that's what he fell in love with. But why not just run around? He, willing, he's willing broken. He, he likes broken girls, and he found the most broken because it's it's interesting because you get like when he talks about I brought you back you know I begged them and they you know they gave in you know I finally got what I wanted and she's just like she's mad at him you know I'm resurrected because of you resurrected at the whim of another Summers brother and yeah. he's like no 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 not like that no and then she all of a sudden turns around oh sorry I I lost my temper there for a second. Like this is this is gonna like obviously it's gonna end horribly. 
I don't think it's you know? obviously going to end horribly because the last scene here is Grey Crow and um, Psylocke. Well, I'm talking specifically with Havoc and Madeline. Oh, like, we, like this is like, like you said, it's de- this whole book has got some some ending vibes. Larry, like it's definitely the end of this chapter. It's just going to be interesting to see because, like you know, we see Wild Child over here taking the pill because this is going to calm him down and you know, quote unquote, make him normal. You know, kind of take away his impulses. And Dr. You know, Celia Reyes is just like, you know, I know you're going to fake this. And he just takes it and lies down because he's just, he's just, he gave, he's given up. There's something interesting about this page, and I agree with you. He has given up. But uh, rewind to Madeline Pryor seeing Goblin Queen in the mirror. Mm-hmm. All right, so of, out of all the pages, everything is graphites with some tracing and colors. But uh, if you zoom in on the mirror, it it is full pixelation on her body. There is a texture on her, even on Quanin and Havoc, that is old school pixelation. And and I'm not saying there's a conspiracy theory here. Uh, if if uh, they picked this style to pixelate and do the, the dots and it made it look better, but there's something, it's a clue. I, I really think it's a clue. Like like even, mm-hmm. on her, even on her hands, not just her thighs and tits and hair, no, even on her arms, they, they show the, uh, the stippling, the cross-hatching, uh, they show... Uh, a lot of use of white light to illuminate her. And I, I feel like it's a clue. There's like, even on the, like there's, there's so many points of uh, light view here. There's one to her left shoulder. There's one further to her right shoulder that we only see a little bit of glow. Not as bright as the one on the left. There's one under her, on her cape. But, mm-hmm. there, but then you turn the page and right back to solid colors. Right, yeah. right back to solid colors. And, and, and orchestrated deliciously, but then then Sinister goes into the cathedral and we see people we've lost. I think he has the genetic code of the original X-Men within X-Factor. I mean, look, look, look at Psych. From the left, that that's full on X Factor. That's not X Men. Mm-hmm. Same with Marvel Girl, uh, Storm, Nightcrawler, and Old School Wolvie. Yep. He, he's doing something else. But well, the funny thing about that is they're also we have the little bit with White Queen and Magneto, where all they're talking about is that uh, you know, hey, uh, Sinister is a cancer, and Magneto's like he is, and then we come to that scene where he's just like. You know, they're talking about, you know, if there's one thing a cancer knows how to do, it's grow. Right. You know, and you do. Like you say, you see the uh, the genetic codes of each of the mutants that you just mentioned. And then you see their faces, you know, in like a gold glow. And Sinister's over here just, you know, flexing his fingers. It looks like he's just getting ready to get to work. Almost like he's going to create a a new set of Hellions utilizing the genetic material of those five mutants. I agree. 
That's a great insight. I didn't think about that. I just thought that he was, that it was a threat. I didn't even think for a second that he was going to create the most ultimate leaders clones and that they're under his control. But you oh. can't you can't negate them because you know it's Krakoa. Yeah, but nothing else. That might be a reason for the Hellions to get back together. You know, and we kind of we end it with uh, Greco and Psylocke Quanin on the beach. Uh, this was the brother you know, for sure. This was the yeah, brother. and he's just talking about how you know. He's just like I don't. You know, they're just like you know. What are we gonna do now? What are you gonna do now? And Gray Crow is just like, maybe I'll no. Maybe I'll open a restaurant. I like to cook. And they like they just kind of both stare off into the sun, watching the sunset. And he's just like you know, there's a way you look at me, and he says like there there like there might be something good in me. And he's just like having noticed that I don't think I'll ever be the same. And like the whole time he's doing that, you know, and you can just see the sadness in his face. And like he doesn't look at her. He's just, you know, staring forward. And she's doing the same thing. And then next thing you know, she takes his hand and she's moved closer to him. And we just see their shadows in the sunset as the issue comes to an end. This really made me happy. Um, every time we have a happy ending in X-Men, something happens, the next issue that immediately disrupts everything for like 15 minutes. It's very rare we get a happy ending that we can enjoy that these two people are at least okay for a month. And I, I, I guess it like contradicts like typical storytelling soap soap operatic or episodic storytelling but for the next month before we get the next hellions please god or whatever deity's listening that they don't stop this that we know that they're they're together and they're okay i I love the fact that there's a little bit of finite time that we can enjoy them being happy because they're always miserable they're always fighting for something they're always there's always something wrong and it ended on a very nice little end of a chapter, and I just want this to keep going, man. Yeah, no, it's a great book, freaking. Like, I wanna, I wanna know what happens. You know, I want to see what happens with Empath, freaking, because we we haven't. You know, he's still around. You know, we definitely. You know, we got Nanny and Orphan Maker in the pit. The only other person in the pit is getting his own series starting next month. Sabretooth. Right. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if we actually get a chance to see what's inside the pit. I hope are, so. You know, are, are the three of them going to cross paths? Because they're the only ones in there. Stan Lee said something interesting a year before he died. Uh, he was getting interviewed and asked, uh, what do you believe happens when you die? And he says, nothingness. And... Does that scare you? And Stan said, no, it doesn't. And he's like, well, why doesn't it? Because it doesn't compute to me of an atmosphere or a reality where nothingness is infinite. And he started talking about multiversity shit and third eye, like, like, like conspiracy. Like, 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 it didn't matter whether or not you believe what he said is going to happen afterwards. 
The fact okay. that the fact that he brought it up that nothingness is hell, and I don't believe that it's going to last forever, and um, it, I, it was really beautiful the way the way he put it. Like he 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 wasn't approaching it as a representative of Marvel. He actually answered from, you know, like when you hear John Cena interview, you can't believe the goddamn thing he says because he's politicking away. Yeah, okay. Uh, this, this interview with Stan was like, no, 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 just, uh, I don't want to be in emptiness. And the emptiness that he was talking about perfectly reflected of how absolutely the ending of Batman, the imposter just absolutely just broke my heart. Like, like when I told you, you need to read this and, uh, Mm -hmm. minefielders, when you've got friends like this, and I'm not bragging, I'm just saying you have to find friends like this because they're out there. You just have to look for them. You get a late night call from your buddy. Did you read The Imposter? Why'd you wake me up? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just joking. He, Tony actually said that. I was like, uh, I should have. No. <laughs> you, you, you actually should have because I called you really late about The Imposter. Because I, I read it like at one in the morning, and I call you like, did you read The Imposter? And like, no, and you, you weren't you were annoyed, but I woke your ass up. But it was important, and this is uh, from what uh, Morales uh, did his research earlier. Is basically year one, two, or three, or just one and two? I believe it's between year one and year two. Okay, so so we are in between uh, a Frank Miller storyline and a Todd McFarlane storyline, artist wise. We have the fact that Bruce Wayne's psychiatrist figured out he's Batman if you don't hear every morning to discuss things because I'm worried about you and what you're going to do. I'll expose you. Now, someone is going along and executing people. Isn't it like the opposite of what was going on in The Detective where he was trying to save everyone that he ever saved that that were being targeted? And, and the people that were being targeted in this issue, uh, black black label, were people that got away with shit. Yeah. And the psychiatrist was not buying that Bruce was not the one executing these assholes because they're finding a lot of weird little things that's going on around Gotham. Like like if you watch uh, the animated series, he you know, hits the uh, his uh, claw or what do you call it the uh, the grappling hook. And he's he's out he's out of there. Whether or not you hear the the bursts of the the steam or and see him float away on on, on his uh, Tarzan esque bullshit, uh, they find this his intri- grappling hook. His grappling hook. His intricate level of grappling hooks and zip lines, and someone is killing people that the Batman, unbeknownst to the people, that were let free for some particular reason. Yep. Now, this is issue three. Uh, he's fallen in love with the head detective on the case. Um, we, we get a lot of respect with Kip, uh, Commissioner Jordan, uh, Jordan Gordon, but um, last issue, Ratcatcher 1 just got his ass handed to him. By the Batman, he was like, "I thought we were friends." Obviously, he was working with the imposter. 
before he is able to tell anything to the police, he says, I thought he was my friend. And we worked by a, a waterfall in the sewers. Another cop comes in to grill his ass, because I can break his ass, and what immediately happens is Ratcatcher grabs his fucking side piece and blows his fucking brains out. And we've got an actual victim. Like, this guy wasn't doing shit to, to hurt people. He just wanted to work with Batman and be something that's accepted. And, yeah. And uh, Batman starts stalking the sewers. He knows, okay, so Ratcatcher knows it better than me. He's looking for a couple of, like, waterfalls within the sewer system. And uh, underneath, like, like Niagara Falls style, you know, underneath the Niagara Falls is a, is a cave. And you're standing at the water constantly pouring down. Immediately gets in there, some Batman suits, I'm here, it's him, and uh, gets a machine gun fire. Uh, I, I did enjoy the fact he took that machine gun fire, especially during the uh, the Batman preview that Robert Pattinson's doing, where he, he, he got shot by like two different fucking machine guns, he's still standing up, whoops mm-hmm. some ass, and uh, fights this guy. The problem with this guy is he's trained. He also knew, he figured out that he knew he was coming. No, of course. And that was the tell. That was the tell. He knew I'm coming. It's a cop. And I felt like a fucking idiot. How could it not have been a cop? Yeah. How could it not have been a cop? We've got... Disgraced uh, Jim Gordon, not even in Gotham anymore. We have hundreds of overturned convictions because of the police brutality that was uh, discovered under uh, Gordon's rule working with the Batman. And uh, he encounters the his love of his life that he said in the last issue, uh, trying to you know figure this case out. Fucking drop case harass, man. Fucking Chuck Norris style. Oh, dang. He reveals himself to her as they make their escape. And I'm not trying to give... We don't we don't give spoilers to be spoilers. We, we want to talk about the literature of this. He manned the fuck up. He took his cowl off and said... And she's like, no way. And he's like, yes, it's me. Listen, I'm sorry I hurt you. It's the worst thing I ever did in my life. However, I think that the person that did this has access to these guns because this gun had a logo on it that I know is only in police captivity in evidence lockers. So that tells me it's a cop. Mm. And she's got a gun to his head and he's like, fucking end it, I don't care. But you got a problem. She lets him go, sleepless night, goes to the evidence locker room, she's looking for some things. Uh, finds, it's like the Squidmaster or something like that. Like, the Squidmaster's gun was, AK-47 was used. And it's missing. And, uh, this cop comes in, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm, I'm, she's, I'm just doing some cataloging on, on this and that. And he's like, what's with the, uh, fingerprint kit? And she's like, don't worry about it. And at that exact perfect moment, I've seen, a, like, a million movies. I, I... I figure every Law and Order special victims unit, like 15 minutes, who did it? 
And it wasn't until then I realized it was a cop did it. It was a cop the whole time. Yeah, they, that they, makes sense. They they organize a, a meeting uh, after she figures out who checked shit out from evidence locker or stole it with the, um, they're on a, they're on a, uh, publicized. There's, there's police, uh, helicopters, there's reporters. He's about to give himself up and he tells her, yeah, I was caught. And she's like, okay, I'm taking in custody. And he's like, okay, he's about to take the mask off again in front of everyone. He's taking his gloves off and then he sees the laser sight in the back of her head. And he punches her as hard as he can in the back of the head and knock her the fuck out or out of the way. And, yep. he, and he has the tete-a-tete with the imposter. And the imposter is like, you never should have done this. You and Gordon are full of shit. And falls off a ledge. He does the, the classic 89 Joker, I caught you. And uh, the guy offs himself. Just... It's over. And and I, I think the point was to accentuate the the psychological problems that Bruce Wayne has uh, to also add into the story something that means much more than, than Vicki Vale or uh, psychiatrist, what's her name, uh, Nicole Kidman? Oh, Chase Meridian. Yeah, it wasn't, it, he wasn't trying to get some pussy, man. He wasn't trying to get laid. He f- actually fell in love. The, the whole point of this was like, someone wasn't imposing as him. He had to expose himself and in doing so. And she lived, dude. Remember we talked about that for like 10 minutes. I swear she's going to die. Like I turned the page and we see the laser right in the back of her head. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, but it's over. He lost everything. He, he lost his last semblance of an actual healthy relationship. Cause we all know he does not have a healthy relationship with fucking Catwoman or, or anyone else. Like it, it, it established the uh, roots of his connections with the Gotham PD because she lived and she's still working. But yeah. then we get to Joker and the establishments of the Gotham PD are not okay, man. Like, how did you feel watching Babs in the in the wheelchair? Well, yeah, it's 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 interesting because, like, you know. Killing Joke is such a renowned book. You know, it's you know, it's it's one of the books that changed the Batman. Definitive you know, in the in the eighties. Yeah. But like you never really think about like you know, the whole concept is, you know, one bad day could ruin even the greatest man, you know, which is what they were trying to do by ruining the life of James Gordon. And freaking you know, we never really had a definitive book that talked about what happened after. Like Barbara was, you know, Barbara had her, her comeback. You know, she became Oracle and, you know, she got the surgery to fix her spine and she eventually became Batgirl again and now she's back to being Oracle. Yeah, but we never saw the transition. But like, yeah, we never saw that transition of like you know, what those first few months were like, or as we find out in this book, how it affected the rest of the family. This was one of the most uncomfortable books I've ever read. Oh Um, yeah. Hands down. 
I, I felt like, you ever been in a buddy's house when you're playing video games and he mouths off to his mom and she whoops his ass in front of you and you still keep playing video games and you have to pretend everything's okay? Um, that's like to the nth degree with this, like, like getting to see Babs like spilling milk and getting mad at Jimbo and like, it, 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 it was... I gotta say, man, it took me about 30 minutes to read this book because I had to put it down a couple times because I didn't like what I was reading. It was great, but it upset the shit out of me. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know. It's, you know, how how would you react to that situation? You know, how do you react when something you had is no longer there? You know, and all you want to do is just go back to being normal, but you, you can't and you need help. You know, that's a that's a horrible thing to think about, you know, freaking and you know, we're we're seeing it unfold. You know, and that, let alone having to be that person who cares about the person that's that way and not not having the words to you can't make it better. You can't fix it. And no matter how hard you want to how desperately you want to you know how if you had the opportunity to take that person's place you couldn't you can't do that you have no choice yeah you're you're just sitting here watching somebody you love suffer you know and that's that's insane that that could drive a man crazy like this really could be in theory, what would actually make the you know Jim Gordon lose it? You read not my mind. so much you, the you, shot, but you, afterwards. You read my mind. Yeah, subservient him, make him naked in the the, the abandoned like fucking uh, amusement park, but make his daughter, make him watch his daughter deteriorate, and it was a breaking of a man like like that. I I, I swear to you, I put this book down like five times. Like like it, yeah. it, like watching each step, Babs drops the milk. She gets pissed at him. He's just trying to help. Goes back to like, okay, I'm ready to come back. Uh, Joker's back. No, it's not him. Uh, did the mayor approve this? No, but I'm back. Uh, no, I gotta get this approved. Well, fuck you. Like like seeing Jimbo like James. Let, let me rephrase that. Because yeah. there's instances of Jimbo and James, but James was like, fuck you. How- yeah. Jim Gordon just, he needs to go back as a man, as a person. He needs to go back to work because he needs that distraction. Like, one of, the, one of the biggest things is control. He can't control how his daughter lives her life, how she reacts to what's going on. Knowing she's, but he, he can, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether he does or doesn't, you know, but, uh, freaking, he can control his work environment. He's the boss. He knows, like he goes in there, he, he, he knows how to control and it's not the same thing, but it's, I have to be able to control one aspect of my life. If I can control this one aspect of my life, yeah, maybe I can. I can. I have it, it, it's enough for me to handle the other aspects of my life 
that I currently cannot control. Dude, you got my head spinning worse than when I read it, man. Like that, you're absolutely correct. He's not. Like, he's he's not controlling Gotham PD because he's a control freak. He just wants to make the streets safer. But yeah. like, but he also failed in protecting. No, did do you think he actually failed in protecting Babs? I bet. I do. I think so. No. Do I think he does? Yes. On, at the end of the at the end of the day, if we're if we're going under the pretense that he currently does not know she's Batgirl, or even if she he does, she's still his daughter. It is still his duty from the moment she is born to protect her, to put not put her in harm's way. Right. And if especially if she he does not know she's Batgirl, then oh, Joker yes. was just there to to mess with him, and he used her to do it. It, it, it still confuses me that uh, Barbara Sr. left the daughter and kept the, the son. That, that, that really confuses me because uh, in my family, neutral, uh, not neutral, uh, nuclear family, I relate more to my mom than my dad. My dad always, always take care of me and my sister relates more to my dad and all released to my mom, but we all are an autonomous unit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a broken family. Like, like Jim didn't, yeah, he kissed that chick from the, the last black label when we, we, we went through, but he didn't fuck her. Um, Babs senior just disappears and shows up on his doorstep unannounced, um, with James jr. And he's a teenager, and we we had this conversation today. We'll get into it in a second ago, in a minute. Um, but this is a lot. You you can't fault this man for just wanting to get back to work. Let, let me clear my head. Let me do what's best for me. Let me do what's best for Gotham. Is me solving fucking cases? Yeah. But no, 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 no. no. Uh, you're you weren't there for uh, James Junior. Uh, obviously, you weren't there for Babs because she's paralyzed. And uh, when did uh, f- uh, flip to the to the uh, tete-a-tete they have when he's trying to explain himself, and that bitch just runs out of the fucking house. She she doesn't even explain herself. She's like, yeah, you need to take your gym. Okay, I take your gym, and she just runs away, like there is a taxi or fucking Uber waiting for her. She just fucking leaves. And in conjunction and um, parallel, that didn't happen in the long Halloween. Two Face's wife, and they left him. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a different family dynamic for sure. But like, I get the you get the feeling that they're like they're definitely civil with each other. Like, I don't think this was a hey, I showed up after, like, not talking to you for 10 years kind of thing. I agree. Like, I think I think at the end of the day, like, she talks about it herself. You know, her and her uh, her boyfriend, husband, whatever he is, the other man that she's with now, they're legitimately terrified of James Jr. Like, I don't think it's so much anything against Jim. But I think they're so scared of what James is becoming. 
and part of it might be the fact that maybe she feels like she failed oh, because no. he's looking into this. You know, man, I'm glad you brought that up because every time I've ever seen a woman run away, it, like uh, on TV, it's always because some dude fucked up. She was, you're right. She was running away from her failure. She said, "Oh yeah, uh, the step stepfather doesn't doesn't like him. He's dangerous. Oh, you deal with him." I mean, I, she she couldn't get out of there fast enough. Yeah, she you know she she's scared of him. She's scared of what her son's become, and I think part part of that at least is probably you know guilt. You know, like she didn't she didn't know what to do. Like all he's you know, Jim's just trying to get her to stay for dinner, and like like I don't think it's anything you know more than that. Yeah, let me enjoy your company. I don't even think that. I think he just wants to. Again, he wants some form of normalcy. No, I agree. Like at the end of the day, that's all. That's all Jim's looking for is he wants to. He wants things to feel normal. And like, no matter what he does, his his world right now is spiraling out of control. He wants to go back to work, but they won't let him. He wants to enjoy a meal with his family, you know, as broken as it is, and he can't. He wants his daughter to be okay, and she isn't. Like no, no part of this, no, no part of Jim's life is how he wants or needs it to be right now. And he is panicking. Absolutely panicking, man. And I've been in panicky moments before. And you were absolutely correct. I, I didn't. I didn't think about the panicky thing. Like, like I, I just thought that he just wanted to. Uh, the The furthest I got was he just wanted some semblance of normalcy. Let me get back to a bunch of fucking crazy assholes on the street and coming home with some late night dinner, and Babs not eating it because she's being back girl. But we can't acknowledge that anymore because she just got raped and broken by the Joker, and I can't come home to a safe spot because my paraplegic daughter is there fucking pissed as shit at me knowing what I could or could not have done as Commissioner Gordon hearing it from Batman and then actually getting what happened to her the short stick from the Joker and they gotta play pretend that everything's okay and they can't acknowledge that I know you're I know you know who Bruce Wayne's is and I know you know that I'm I'm Batgirl, or or vice versa, like like and, and, and but he's still trying. Let, let me. I I get all this extra food from that Thai place, and Jimbo shows up and 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 that was, man. I gotta tell you, the the one thing that was running through this entire issue was, this is the last ten issue, and I'm I'm soaking up every little bit of it. The artwork is amazing. It, 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 it's a little disjointed, but it doesn't suck. And I, and I am rewinding from the future, re- remembering the first time I read the last James Tinian Bat book. And mm-hmm. we, we get the, all this extra pressure. Selena Kyle, like, they hint at that. Um, leave us alone. Just let us do one thing at a time. And this goes back to my uh, point of that, like, Gotham has to be the main character at all times. The actual city. 
actual city. Yeah. What was they, they weren't worried about? Yeah, he was worried about murders and rapes and all this other shit. But what really matters is is Gotham. It like in protecting it, and he's got all this other sh- extra shit, and he's a better man than me, man. Because I'm reading fucking Joker. And we get to the even worse series of, like, what we're talking about because we've been blending back and forth. Um, story with Jimbo. Steal, like, the, uh, because we've, we've, sorry, guys, we've, we've been blending uh, a lot of things back and forth, but the gun was gone. Well, not even that. Before we even do that, like going back to it, the first time he he sees Jim Junior, he's going to give him some dinner, and freaking, you know, he sees him in the room looking at his evidence of, about the Joker, and Jim freaks out on his son. He's like, "You're not supposed to be in here." Yeah, that was. That why'd, was you, why'd you do this? That was weird. Like, hey, Dad, I'm going to the can. Hey, where'd uh, Jimbo Junior go? And like, all the files are spread open, and he's like. Just absorbed, like like. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to blame the last comic that we were doing with this one, but it just it was just so impactful. Uh, well, the whole, the whole the interesting part about it is he's talking about you know he's like I wanted to see the the man that hurt my sister, and freaking like Jimbo is Jimbo's furious at him for looking at these files because obviously he shouldn't be looking at police files yeah. let alone on the guy that hurt his sister but then James Jr.'s like you know I wanted to I wanted to know you know if you know if he was coming after me I I could run away and like Jimbo just totally 180s on him and just is like you just you're scared of him like that's what's that's what's going on is you know you're afraid of the Joker, and then he hears a noise from outside and he tells this kid to go you know lock yourself in your room, don't open the door unless I come in, and he does. He unlocks his room. He unlocks his uh the desk and pulls out a gun, and turns out there's Batman out there. You know, and Batman's over here trying to, you know, just trying to talk to him and see how. To check on him to see if he's okay. Did that upset you? No, no. I, I thought it was. I thought it was. It was interesting to see, like Bruce follow through with that. You know, like oh my, you know, he's checking on somebody he cares about. You know, you don't see. You know, you see it every now and again, but it's not something he does very often. But it's interesting to see that Batman would actually check on Jim to make sure him and his family was okay. Cause he's like, you know, he's like, I understand how trauma can be difficult. And then he's like, you know, Jim's just like, you know, you're talking to me about mental health. Come on. You're wearing a bat costume right now. And Batman's just like, how, how's your daughter doing? And oh, Jim freaks out fuck. on him. He's just like, you know, you don't speak about her. No, you don't. It's your fault. I know. And, and he he cuts it off and just gets the hell out because he doesn't. At the end of the day, he doesn't want to deal with it because he does blame himself. He's got three problems here. Uh, he would if the he didn't exist, the Joker wouldn't. He's got the problem that if he hadn't have failed during the killing joke, Babs would still be walking and talking and being kick ass Batgirl without worrying about some cybernetics. They're gonna gonna crap out on her 
but then he also has the, uh, like, you, you ever had a friend that needed something from you, and they call you, and they say, hey, hey man, I haven't talked to you in a long time. How you doing? Uh, haven't talked to you in a while. Um, uh, yeah, I'm good. Oh, it's great, man. I just got married, and, um, got a, bought a house, and, like, uh, what you up to? Um, I'm, uh, doing this and that. Well, man, it's funny you say that. Because, uh, I need some help with something. And I feel that was the guilt that was going on with Bruce. Because he shows up and asks about Babs. And Jimbo just ain't having it. Like, I I love the fact that he knew. He knew. You're you're a selfish asshole. You're a selfish Rick prick. I I know you're fucking Bruce Wayne. And three quarters of my family's broken. My wife just ran away. She couldn't stand to look at me because she misses me or loves me. And she's with some fucking asshole she doesn't really love. I gotta take care of Babs. And now you just dump Jimbo, uh, James Jr. on me. And he worships the fucking Joker. And don't worry, Babs. My gun's locked up. Like, like how do you even interpret any of that. I don't know. I got something completely different out of it. You know, I just, I saw, I saw a defensive father. I don't, yeah, I, I see, I, you know, the way I look at it, you know, I think Bruce was legit. Just like, Hey, you know, I'm just, I'm checking on you. Cause you, you, you've been through a lot. Like freaking this is, this, this is screw up anybody, let alone the everything you went through in killing joke. Like I, I took straight, you know, I took, I took it straight sincere. Like he did care. Like, you know, like I said, I'm not, I don't know whether he knows she's bad girl or not. And I'm not so sure it matters one way or the other. Cause at the end of the day, it's still, Jim still blames himself a lot more than he blames anybody else for it. Like at the end of the day, he failed as a policeman and he failed as a father. And that's that's a double whammy that you know of all the stuff the Joker could do to him, I think this is by far the worst. Yeah. At the end of the day, he just blames himself. That's an interesting back and forth, considering that James is still a regular Joe. I wonder if he was slaving around the fact if he was uh, running around playing pajama police and work with work with uh, Babs as Batgirl. Solve the same crime, whether or not the um, ends still happen the same way, but he was still there, rather than just waiting for Bullock Montoya. I mean, just there, there was like the this tale had a lot of like hands back behind his but tibia. You know, you know, you can't get those loose; they make them real tight. Yeah. And we have the imposter where where he's learning to love. We've got Joker. We've got exactly what we're talking about now, man. Like this is scary. Like uh-huh. like it, 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 it's 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 this is a horrific story, and we barely see the Joker. Yeah. And it's called the yeah. Joker. It's yeah. called the Joker. Well, that's the thing. I think it's all. It's it almost is more like the Joker is more of an idea than a like he's a person obviously 
But like, it shows that the wide freaking every everything the Joker does has consequences for somebody, and it's never it's never the Joker. Like just being associated on the fringes could get you hurt or killed or not even knowing the Joker just being at the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Uh, wrong, wrong place at the wrong time in Gotham. Correct. You know, Correct. yeah, we, uh, we turn around, we wake up the next morning. She, uh, Barbara's making breakfast. She's in a way better spot. Uh, Jim's kind of like Jim's happy to have it, have it be that way. And he goes to wake up uh, his son and Jim Jr. James Jr. is gone and the gun's gone. You know, they end up, he ends up going looking for him, ends up running into Officer, obviously not Commissioner Montoya. Dude, fucking Bullock was the biggest piece of shit in this one, man. Like, the, this really pissed me off how disrespectful he was. Uh, he, he's been disrespected from the new ten, uh, tandem uh, commissioner. And then Bullock... And in the, the flashback to what we were, we were talking about earlier uh, within the, the pages of uh, The Imposter, where she picks him up, takes a chance. Like, this is, this is not okay <laughs> like, to not trust the Batman. And I gotta say, man, like, the pages of Gotham this past week have really fucked me up. I, I, I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, this one in particular has been, you know, it's, like I said, it's, a, it's an interesting read. It's a multi-layered read because it's, you know, it's not even so much a who can you trust thing, but it's, I think at the end of the day, a lot of these characters have Jim's best interest at heart. Like, they want him to be okay, and he's not okay, but he is the last person to realize or ex- maybe not realize is the right word, but accept the fact that he is de- he is not okay. And there's no way he could be okay right now. That's the next step, man. Like, uh, that's a wonderful next step. It's going to take a long time. Time to heal. But at the same time, though, we've got an imposter going around that's a... Uh, in, or, or flash to the future now where he's hunting the Joker down or rewind to the, the first time someone takes the chance on year one and realize the entire year one is not about Brucey or, or the Bats. It's about, it's about Gordon. Or, or, mm-hmm. or are you taking to the whole uh, holistic approach that Gotham is a feral city uh, after uh, the punchline within Joker, Gotham is its own thing, and we get yeah. we get to protect the real Gotham's, the the real citizens that are doing the nine to five, as opposed to the rich assholes that get to show up to Bruce Wayne's party and not worry about getting their jewels robbed or uh, ending up a, a victim in a. Uh, Sideswipe incident with the the fucking penguin. Um, I really think the more they they push the story, or any of the stories they've been doing, is that Gotham is the main character. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, they end up at a warehouse together, and uh, Sorry, man, Montoya yeah. ends up handing him a firearm, and he goes in alone while she is uh, waiting for backup. And they find James uh, James Junior with uh, a Joker Joker paint on his face, and uh, Gordon's about to blow away the Joker who's with him. And Batman stops him and freaking, he's like, you know, Hey, you know, he's like, get out of, you know, Jim's like, get out of my way. Batman's like, let me handle this. You know, think of your son and Batman jumps on the Joker and turns out it's not the Joker. And the guy's, you know, pleading for his life. And he's like, "It's, it's a water gun. I swear. Yeah. You know, and Jim's over here taking the paint off his son and as he, as they're getting ready to leave, he pulls Jim. Uh, Batman pulls Jim aside into a side of the room, and you know he's just like, you know, you're a good man, Jim. You know, you did you did good, but you were gonna make a mistake, and I couldn't let that happen. And Jim's just kind of smoking a cigarette, talking about, yeah, right. And if it was really him, would it have been a mistake? And Batman hands him back his gun that his son took. You know. And he's just like, I believe this is yours. It was dropped, but uh, only you know, the only thing your son. Yeah, yep. The only prints on it are yours and your son's. And you know, he never the copycat never fired it or even touched it. And Jim starts to say something, but Batman cuts him off, and he's like, you know, the makeup you took off your boy's face is different. You know, the copycat used real circus face paint. The boy had on cosmetics, foundation, concealer. And a very specific brand of red lipstick that any woman in Gotham might wear. You know, any woman like your daughter. And he's and Jim just again does not want to accept it. He's just like Batman, please. And you know, Batman is just like I'm only telling you this because you got to get him help. And he he can't even look Batman in the eye talking about I will. And he's like, and you need to talk to a psychiatrist too, Jim. And Batman and Jim's just like, Bullock how do you know? Bullock said it. Montoya said it. Like, like, mm-hmm. like, like, this isn't fair. Yeah. And the whole thing, Batman ends it with, you know, you need to get back on your feet because your family needs you. And so do I. And like, so everybody hard. realizes how broken Gordon is. Like, this is a man that has been through an insane amount over, let's say, the last probably six months at the time of the time frame. I'm probably, I'm thinking this comic book is supposed to be held in. Right. And he's not getting the help he needs. He's just trying to push through and he's trying to do right by his family and by himself. But at the same time, all he's doing is trying to push through instead of trying to fix the problem and ignore it. And, Please, it wasn't my fault, and I'm sure my son's gonna turn out okay. Totally right. You know, he. I mean, that's the thing. That was the total curveball. Like having you know, having to deal with his son, that is apparently messed up. I mean, we all we you know we have a good grasp on the idea of where he goes from here, but like this is a gym that needs to be able to help his kid. And whether he does or doesn't actually make the effort, you know, unfortunately we know 
where this ends. You know, and it doesn't end well for Jim Jr. Dude, the uh, the Batman last ending Jim Jr. was like I had to pause it. Like it it it, uh. really, it really took all the gas out of my fucking tank as he fell. Um. It made me feel like all hope was lost. Like, uh, during the uh, Joker War, when they're doing the uh, whole... Uh, not not the Joker War with before A-Day. I'm talking about, like, like two years beforehand, when it's uh, leading into Batman Metal and the, the, the oil and, and, and the Joker consciousness trapped in, in the, the, the cave. This story was just, like... He he doesn't have bats just hanging out. He's got unanswered questions, and he's trying to get work done down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got his big ass computer, but if you get all these bats reminding you of the the ghosts that haunt you, and we get further into it, but imposter Joker, um, we've got the the last night coming up next week. Uh, Jock's doing all the uh, artistry. I gotta tell you, man, I was not happy with how much he got me back in DC. <laughs> I was I was actually really resistant because Marvel was so cool, but we we really we needed DC guy and someone talked about uh, wrestling. But you came along and uh, we didn't find the next good guy. We we settled on you, but um. I'm just I'm regretting that. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Like, we we got the best guy, best guy for the job. We we really lucked out. And um, analyzing DC comic books, man, like, you can't just be like, oh, I mean, the Hulk punched the guy in the face. No, no, yeah, Jim, no, no. Jimbo is dealing with loss of family, wife. Babs hates him. His Jim Junior is completely off his fucking rocker. Uh, no one trusts him at Gotham PD because he's a snitch, and uh, he's constantly shining the bat spotlight and uh, solving some crimes. He's also friends with fucking Harley, Harvey, Harvey. and <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's not a lot working for this guy, but he's still pushing. Yeah, to his, to sadly to his own detriment, which is you know I think the point. You know he's not. This is not a guy that's okay right now no this is this is a broken shell of a man that is just all he's got is all he knows and that's where he that's what he's gonna do he's gonna get up he's gonna drink his coffee he's gonna go to work he's gonna smoke his cigarettes he's gonna go home at the end of the day he's gonna get out of bed he's gonna get up he's gonna do it again tomorrow because that's what he can control right now that's that's because everything else is spiraling around him and he still knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. He hasn't said it. I, I love the fact that he's kept that. I love the fact that he's kept that. No. Now, before we get too far into this, I'm pretty pissed off at you. I'm missing it. <laughs> All right, so minefielders. Anytime we go anywhere and there's a McFarlane toy stand, you know, Walmart. Or target 
there's the occasional pawn shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some uh, friendly toys. Um, Mr. Morales' shoot job is at Walgreens, and I needed some Pibby Bismilk, and uh, I'm just gonna look at the toys. And there's a fucking Deathstroke. And I message Mr. Sid Reynolds, and he tells me, fuck you, it's your fault, go eat a dick. That's basically what your response I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I worded it that way. No, the, but but that's that's what your intonation was. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got some comments to talk about. We're winding it down. But uh, you're not a real person unless you got a good buddy. It's like if you don't buy that comic book. You're a piece of shit. Or, on the better aspect of it, you made your you made your uh, promotion. You deserve it. Buy that fucking action figure. And I got my Bloodsport. No, Deathstroke. <laughs> I was like, they did a Bloodsport already. I'm surprised. I think they did, but yeah, I got I got my Deathstroke, and I got that's because my... of Suicide Squad. Eat piece, motherfucker. Eat peace, motherfucker. With a spoon. And some uh, or soy milk or no. depends on uh, what you're eating. PJ soy milk. Now uh. I would, we got one more comment to talk about, but I would appreciate if we hold off on it until next week because I've I read Batman and Robin number one by Lemire, but uh, let me hold off to read two before we do that. Because okay. it's, it's Lemire. But uh, we've got Cumberbatch. Yep, this Sunday, this Sunday night. <sighs> Benny's a good guy, man. He was always yeah. he was really awesome to me. Um, the best of the best Colorado is joining together to... Do everything you can for Cumbie. Yeah, it's going to be all, uh, from what I understand, basically everybody's welcome from all feds. Freaking, we're all going to be going out there celebrating our friend. And uh, all proceeds of the event will go to his medical, um, medical bills. And uh, it's going to be awesome, man. Um, you know, looking forward to it. You can find all the information on Facebook through any local Colorado wrestler for the most part. Don't forget this was all organized by Mr. Cody Devine. Yeah. So it'll be, uh, it'll be awesome. You know, a, uh, a one-time-only event. So you definitely want to... You know, get a ticket and say you were there for it. You know, be there, be square. So hopefully it'll be, uh, like I said, everybody's coming together for a good cause to help out a great guy in a time of need. So, you know, you can't say uh, can't say anything bad about that. No, not at all, man. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a good show. Freaking Cumberbash will be awesome. Well, whatever deity you believe into, Mr. Cody Devine, we represent it, and we'll pray to it and make sure that the any 
anything will make Mr. Cumby feel better. And we we see some improvement. And I love the fact that people denounce Colorado wrestling. There's not too much of us, but there's a shitload of us. But um, we don't forget the people that matter. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No, it's a like I said, it could be a great show for a great cause. Freaking, you know, kind of not gonna lie, a little emotional on the subject. Yeah, I know. So man. really trying to choose the right choose the right words, but you know, hey, freaking, you know, it's it's it warms one's heart to see everybody coming together for an individual that needs our help. You know, somebody we all love and freaking a great guy that was there for me when I was down and out and do my best to be there for him. Yeah. He's, he's one of your best friends. And like, I remember there was this one guy that had like a surgery for his heart or something like that. And I lost like 10,000 followers. Um, that was like two years ago. Um, well, fuck that guy. Um, yeah, it was like 14 months. (laughs) Three days, six hours, <laughs> 22 minutes. Oh, come on, man. I just, like, counting. I just like making you smile, man. I just like making you smile, man. Like if uh, One of the best parts about going or, or being in the business is going on road trips with Mr. Tony Morales because he will keep your ass up, and he, he'll be one of your best friends, and he takes care of his own, and... We do we do it here at Minefields, man. We uh, push what we got to push, and um, we'll be at uh, Cumbie Bash um, on, on Sunday, and uh, you guys show up. Donate what you can. If you can't donate anything, that's okay. Just show up, and uh, we've got some uh, great... Uh, they've got some great matches lined up, and... I can't wait to watch Mr. Tony Morales get betrayed by Mr. Kincaid because I know this in the books. Nah, we've been we've been friends for twenty years. Twenty years. Right. Twenty years. That's not fair because you told me we're on a friend. We're going to a friend's house to his kid's birthday party and take me to Kincaid's house, and all of a sudden I'm throwing the wolves and I'm, I had to eat at the kitty table with non-flavored ranch chips. No, I'm not. I'm not holding up to that. I don't know about it. Yeah. yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you know, gotta meet everybody the hard way sometimes. Uh, guys, and I appreciate it. Uh, Tony uh, always throws me I'm just, we're just, we just want to make sure that you understand how fucked up it makes us to uh, talk about this situation because Benny is uh, one of the best guys that is on the planet. We're going to make sure that the show is amazing. Yep, throat punching for a good cause. It's your turn. All right, this has been Minefields. This transmission is over. And this is dangerous. Dangerous. Love you, man. Buy the shirts. Buy the shirts. (laughs) (laughs) Buy the shirts. So we're still using the same power. I thought it'd be... Interesting, because like we'd kind of talked about like since it's a Hispanic character, and like his mom knew about it, I thought that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. 
Because it, it makes sense. Like, why wouldn't your mom know about it? And also, if you were an actual vigilante right now. Okay. And your mom knew you were a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Would she tell you to be careful? Of course she would. But would she be more pissed off if you didn't come back and tell you what you did? Yeah. No, you're not wrong. But the uh, the kicker when I the big thing I was thinking about is instead of because I I know I was really hyped on just one person knowing, but what if two people knew? And the other, because I think this would be a real big reason why he doesn't, why he's afraid of people finding out about his power. What if the second, what if the second person was his ex-wife? The reason being. That has to happen. You're you're right. It's not some shitty, like, ex-partner that knew his shit. It's the next wife that knows this shit, and we got some danger here. Well, the thing about it is, though, the re- the reason being is the powers, the reason for their divorce. Let's hear it. Because it's because the whole thing is that they were together for seven years, got a kid together. You know, everything's going great. But because the the the, the joke ends up being that he freaking. She is. She suffers from headaches. The reason being that she finds out she suffers from these headaches is because he's he's getting in her head, and he's basically the perfect husband. Does everything right because he's constantly freaking um, in her head on cue, but. So he he's always you know if he knows you know he he knows she's having a bad day if but, she knows he there he knows how to how the right things to say to avoid arguments he knows freaking if you know to bring her flowers on this day never misses a birthday never misses an anniversary and the whole thing ends up being is after they're married she is when she ends up telling he he break he tells her about his power. And freaking, she freaks out about it. And once she leaves him, she realizes the headaches are gone. So, like, while they may have a good relationship as far as, like, co-parenting, at the end of the day, she feels used because he used his power. And she basically is able to question everything he ever did. But that's not fair. It doesn't have to be. No, no, no. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. That, that's not fair. Like she puts him in a, in a in an environment where no matter what he does, he's set up for he's set up for failure. Mm-hmm. Now we have relation. You know, he told one person who wasn't his mom the whole time, and freaking. You know, and it came back to bite him horribly. Because all you know, at the end of the day, he didn't have any ill intent, and like I said, maybe that's how he realizes his powers have negative consequences because of the headaches and because of how it tore apart his relationship. And the last witness you were talking about 
Well, yeah, but that, that would be it. later on. We'd build this up previously or prior. My introduction is that he has to have a illegal criminal informant. Like, um, he needs to have, he needs to be fucking the prostitute on the side that he tells everything to that's not going to tell anyone. Um, on a base level. That's not what I'm saying the character should be, but he's got to be a real man has to let some steam out. He can't do it with his wife. Worst kids. So we have to establish someone that he's talking to. But wouldn't that be the mom then? Because, no. like you said, you got to let her know everything. Mm. No, the mom. That's a different story. I, I, I could, I could be in this exact same predicament where me and my girlfriend are about to get married, and I find out she's a piece of shit. And I can tell my mom that and show the video footage and my mom would slit her throat for me. <laughs> or if I slit her throat and buried the body and my mom saw me bury the body, my mom would tell the cops my son didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guarantee you your mom would too. Okay. Um, I've got a protected little environment here. Um. But wouldn't that back up my argument that he would just tell the mom? No. No. Um, it would back up your argument if he told the mom it would be something that is explicitly only the readers only. And, and put it in the sense that, and I really want to hammer this home, that when they if, if we have the conversation where you killed your ex... And told your mom, and she said, I know, I, I helped hide the body after you didn't bury it deep enough. Um, there would no not be a clue for the readers that are following along with detectives to figure out what's going on. It would be one and done. We know something that the detectives don't know. Unfortunately, if they even did know it, it still wouldn't help the case. Just don't let this woman be in the same room with this person. We've got bigger fish to fry. Did any of that make sense? Not really. Like I I get the thought process uh-uh. of like I'm, somebody I'm, I'm saying that the the right people know and the wrong people don't know. Even if the right people you think should know are still the wrong people. And the readers get to see the people that understand what's going on and what we're hiding. And add that extra drama, but the the main characters have a hunch, but they still don't know. And even then, the murders... uh, I I was taking a piss this morning, like, how do I make these murders beautiful? Like, uh, I want to do the opposite of what they do in Saw. Because in Saw, Saw is murder porn, right? Okay. Uh, what if someone butchered someone and made it into a uh, really, really pretty painting, including human flesh, knives, flesh, oils, where we don't find a body, we find a uh, Raphael de la Cella. 
Because obviously he would not have been cops, but rather than finding a butchered body with the, the neck slit up and blood everywhere, but we walk into the scene and they're positioned, they're painted on, and they made artistic monstrosities of beauty out of the dead bodies. And day four, we fucked up. Hey, it's another pretty picture you guys found. Yeah, we get it. Something that that that, that it's not a bad idea, but it all, it sounds a lot like Zaz. Z- I, I thought Zaz would always just butcher, not not. No, he he posed them in pl- he put he put them in poses and whatnot too. But not decorate, not not make it like a nativity scene or a uh, uh, triptych. Yeah, but you're right. So I have to re- yield on that one. You're right. You're calling me. I mean, it's not necessarily like I said. If you freaking, I don't know. Cause I don't. Cause I don't feel like there's enough good Zaz stories out there anyway. No, there's no good Zaz. And like freaking. So like, I feel like. I could... Like adding in like clothing and freaking like accessories might be enough to get you away from it. So it might work. Well, I just I'm just not I'm just not sure because like I said I've got I know that feel that you got the first freaking thing the first appearance of Zaz that little four part thing which they don't do much with and no, then they've got the stuff from Nightfall and that's pretty much it. What's like our, he's always just been. I don't know if there are any other good Zaz stories. Well, then I have to ask you if we were to make a really good comic book and a movie studio picks it up, um, what themes are you looking for to get make sure that they don't dilute? Are, are you looking for make sure? Because I got to tell you, man, I'm super jealous of you. I don't have a kid. I love watching Connor, like, go crazy and you not be a bad dad. Like, I've had a lot of friends that have had kids like Connor and they'll just, like, slap the shit out of him. Calm the fuck down. You haven't screamed to him once. You're like, hey, honey, just uh, stay out of the shot. Daddy's uh, doing a promo. And he... He did, but he was still being himself around the around the corners in, in the spaces yeah. that mattered. Um, that that confuses me, because um, I've seen other people like just like shut the fuck up. Um, I'm telling my friend Christina that I want to make sure I get the promotion before her. She was mm-hmm. always screaming at her kids, man. Shut the fuck up! Get in the fucking bathtub! Like, it, 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 she could scream as loud as she wanted, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Like, um, but, hey, I remember uh, filming the first one in Morales Alley that we coined, mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, honey, uh, stay out of the shot. Stay over here. Stay from in there. And he, he listened to you. Like, he didn't, no. he didn't, um, question you like you were being an asshole, like, you're not good enough to be over here, or you're too young. No, you say, just say, shot, shot. And he, he, 
copy, frame, done. And we did another shot where he came in. And did we edit it? No, we didn't. No. No, no, we didn't. We we, we worked off uh, the organic chemistry of it. Mm-hmm. How do you do that, yeah. man? Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm just too- personality, I guess. I don't know. I just don't. I don't see the benefit of it. That's <laughs> for me. Uh, much of it is is pretty much it. Just freaking, it ain't gonna help batteries any. I was talking to this girl the other day that's really worn my ass for about fourteen years, telling me about Nicole and her kid Azzy. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, I want, I want a little girl, and she's like, I want a little boy, and I'm like, I want a little girl. And she was like, why do you want a little girl so bad? And I was like, I want my Jubilee. And she's like, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard in my life. And I hung up on her immediately. Yeah, nah. Yeah, that's not good. I I hung up on her. Like, it's not that I want the kid to look a certain way. I want Mm -hmm. my... Tom, I really want my Jubilee. Yeah, I got you, man. I, I don't understand. I explained to her. Well, what? Like, it's a stupid name. Oh, it's the next big name. Yeah, it's... We're going to name our girl a, an actual celebration. Yeah. Really? Bummed. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. It really bummed me out, man. Like, uh, I wasn't being an asshole. I wasn't, like, saying, like, mm-hmm. hey, you had to direct me and I can't be with you because you're infertile and useless no 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 no, not at all yeah but I, I, I got you man freaking like I said I've been with people that have kids and it's not the same <laughs> you know not to same thing not to sound like an asshole but, but it's not the same but you did, you did <laughs> it just your, is you did your best but when you had your your own Yeah, it's a it's a different thing entirely. It, it, it's hypnotic, man. Uh, Connor could touch. This is a really crappy time to freak. What? Oh, please don't disconnect.
don't like this. crappy time for the internet to give out <laughs> yeah okay there you go alright so where were we oh we were talking about uh, the worst parts about living in Gotham <laughs> oh <laughs> and the yeah. worst villains that shouldn't be there without the bat and Making the city something feral. Um, it's up to you, man. Do you want a four or five protagonists? Because I got to tell you, the best part about um, the imposter was when no, not no, no, in Joker, when mm-hmm. when. Excuse me, sir. Uh, it's Jim. No, Commissioner. Where are you going? When Montoya, it's Montoya, isn't it? That was the best part. It's Montoya, like their yeah. initial meeting. That really put me on edge. I fucking love that. She hands him the gun. They, they, they. Batman removes the the drop gun. Gives him his gun that uh, Jimbo had uh, a couple blocks away, and we're about mm-hmm. to get crazy shit. And Tinian's gone. This is really pissing me off. If they fuck this <laughs> ending you. up, man. If they fuck this ending up, man. Yeah, I don't know. Do we even freaking? Cause I don't. Is it? Cause I guess this isn't a freaking limited edition, like a limited series. If they're doing a freaking uh... annual, they did an annual. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as I know, it's a freaking. Still a running series month to month. So. But we still have Lady Bane Vengeance. Mm hmm. How justifying was that for you, man? Like, after like three weeks and you realize that that's like. There's four of them standing behind Ed. Double the price. Not, not even like 30 bucks, it's eight bucks. Yeah. Vengeance. Yeah. That was very just fine. But then we get the other characters that really matter. What do you think Vengeance is going to do, man? Like, uh... I don't know. I definitely think she's going to try to kill the Joker at some point. But freaking, uh... I think Jim's going to end up stopping her. You can't turn off freaking. You can't can't kill off Joker. Nope. And we'll see what I mean. And part of it's going to be whether they whether she finds out what they did with, with Bane. Because I mean, technically, freaking, if they find if she finds out Bane's brought back as a zombie, freaking, it could you know mess her up you know mentally. 
And that's that's kind of an interesting idea. That's how she'd feel if freaking Bane freaking if she saw Bane as a freaking zombie, how would she react to it? I mean, she might not care. You know, she might care a great deal. Who knows? As long as I can get through my day tomorrow without getting robbed, Todd McFarlane, I swear to fucking God, I just want to get some fucking Pepto-Bismol, and I see this stack of McFarlane, I'm like, that asshole. <laughs> it's all funny doing you realize the Task Force Z is going to be, uh, the McFarlane version of the Task Force Z are going to be released tomorrow. Ugh. Well, as long as it comes with free venom. (laughs) A couple of diet pills mixed into some ecto cooler. (laughs) And then we get some sleep. I'll, uh, awesome talking tonight. We'll figure it out more, man. This this is amazing. Yeah, now we got, uh, got some, like I said, we got some scaffolding put together, freaking. Further, further along than we've been so far, so it's good. We'll figure it out on the way to the Cumberbatch, and uh, we'll do what we got to do. Cool. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. I love you. you have a good night. Uh, you, yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Mm-hmm.